This episode of The League Rundown is brought to you by Moxie and Zen. Check out moxieandzen.com slash tforce or just use the code tforce for 20% off of your order. Premium, inexpensive boxers made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, leaving your bot lane feeling fresh. Compared to the rest, none of them will keep you as comfy as Moxie and Zen. Hello, and welcome to episode 473 of the League Rundown, brought to you by the Trinity Force Network. This is season 13 LCS Finals and the LEC season split playoffs. I still don't like the way they've named this whole thing. Uh, This is really the part one review and part two preview for the season uh, finals of the LEC, and this episode is lovingly entitled, in a way that hurts my heart, Non-Rational Finals. I'm your host, Sean Jaguduft Duffy, and I'm joined today by four esteemed co-hosts and one very special guest. We have the ever-present, Jack Zoman. Twitch.tv slash Jack Zoman. We have live from his own bedroom, Kangas Cass. I dreamed a dream, baby. (laughs) And it came true. Uh, he's defeated the Baron. He's with us today. It's Bickle. Yeah, we'll get to that later, Kangas. I don't know if we count this as a correct prediction or not, based on wording, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> that little chuckle you heard. Mazel is back with us. Hello. I'm happy to be back and uh, happy to be in offseason. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Uh, we do have joining us today a very special guest. Huge shout out and thank you for being on the show. Welcome, Beatdown. Hey, um, you said plug socials, right? So beat down cast. Yeah, on talk about much yourself. Everything. Okay, uh, League of Legends caster worked with mm-hmm. Kangas and Bazell actually a lot this year. Good times over on Challengers League. Like Bazell, I'm also glad that uh, off season is here because I'm very tired. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> Amen. Been a Amen. Long one. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk about some Riot news, and then we'll jump into the LCS, which did wrap up Season 13 this past weekend over in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, news from around the league. LCK Gauntlet starts this week. If you've not been paying attention, Gen G are your champions from the LCK throttling SKT T1 3-0 in one of the biggest stomps of the year in a season finals. Bickle, any thoughts? 
It was not close. Uh, welcome Genji to the three-peat club. Them and JDG, both three titles in a row. Pays putting on what is possibly the greatest rookie season in God knows how long. Two-time uh, LCK champ, rookie of the split. I want to say he was first-team All-Pro last split, second-team All-Pro this split. split. Mm -hmm. Third place, third, fourth-place MSI, and God knows what he'll do at Worlds. But he's looked phenomenal. Shout-outs to him. We'll have to see exactly what keeps going. Challengers League for Korea also wrapped up. Congratulations, surprisingly, to Nongshim Academy for taking that. And I believe the LDL finals for LPL were a week or so ago. Wasn't even won by an LDL, an LPL affiliate. I want to say it was Max Gaming. So, uh, so the new TSM roster. Absolutely. All new up-and-coming <laughs> players. Some older, some newer. But who knows? Maybe we've seen them imported to NA. But who knows? After this recent finals in A, might not be seeing imports as much. Why? We'll talk about it later. Amen. Amen. So that secures world's positioning for SKT as well. They will be the second seed out of the LCK. KT will be facing Hanwha Life Esports for specifically the third seed. Um, so the winner of that, if I have this correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bickle, winner is third seed, loser will be the fourth seed of the LCK. No, so there are four teams remaining in the LCK gauntlet. KT and Hanwha Life are playing for the third seed on Thursday at 1 a.m. Pacific. On Friday, Damwon Kia plays DRX. Oh, sorry, D plus Kia. Forget. Ah, yes. Terrible name. Kia uh, no, Forte, yeah, yeah, 2024 D plus mm -hmm. Kia mm -hmm. Forte Sorrento mm -hmm. plays uh, mm -hmm. reigning champions DRX on Friday, and the winner of DK versus DRX plays the loser of KT versus Hanwa for the fourth seed, and that will be on. That was complicated. That will. Why is this not just a normal gauntlet, Pickle? This is not a normal gauntlet. Uh, it's the same style that the uh, LPL does, basically. Three and four enchant points face off for the third seed. Five and six play in elimination. Winner of that plays the loser of the initial one to get the fourth seed. It's a lot of hype and it's really fun. Yeah, but basically three days in a row, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of games decide your final two qualification points of the LCK. So we'll know the four, the four participants from the LPL and their seeds, the four participants from the LCK and their seeds, the three participants from the LC LCS and their seeds and Europe will still not have played their second <laughs> round <laughs> of playoffs. Beautiful. Oh, I Beautiful. love, I love yeah, God, I hate this. Great. God, I hate that for However, however, we at least know two of the LEC reps because G2 and Mad Lions, and we're going to talk about this, so it's a bit of a spoiler for about an hour from now, uh, <laughs> did confirm qualifications for Worlds by winning their series this past weekend, so they are assured to be no lower than third place in terms of seeding. They will not have to play the fourth place tiebreaker with the LCS to actually go on to Worlds proper. Uh, T1 once again does join, and here's a fun one. Uh, you've seen them pretty much every goddamn international competition, and they're back despite literally sabotaging themselves. Detonation Focus Me kicked their top laner three days before finals, subbed in Utapon, and won. Bickle, give me specifics. Utapon has actually been playing top lane for the entirety of playoffs. They've brought in Milan, their sub, to 80 carry, and 
they two threed the second place team twice in a row to move on to Worlds. I think I found this is like their sixth win in a row of the LJL. They've won, I want to say, nine of ten or ten of eleven of the last LJL splits. It's absurd. They're that far ahead. They could lose Evie, who has been kind of their, um, their really their reason for victory in previous splits, along with Arya. Uh, and he left a while ago, and they still continue to dominate that region. Now, this comes with a caveat. There are some serious problems with DFM management. Uh, Evie has talked about it as well, so just be aware. You know, we may not be getting the best of this squad again at Worlds based upon other things happening behind the scenes. Both of their coaches have already been suspended. Yeah. There's even more if you really wanted yeah, to get it. it. DFM it ain't is pretty. a fucking disaster. It ain't pretty. Mm-hmm. But uh, so so despite all that, the fact that the players were able to win, super impressive. So DFM qualifies for Worlds. They are the first team locked into the play-in stage. They will be joining the two seeds from the PCS, the two seeds from Vietnam, the seed from the uh, CB Lol, and the seed from the LLA, as well as the winner of the World's Qualifying Series between EU4 and NA4, which, of course, is Golden Guardians. Hell yeah. Uh, Let's move on to some other things here on Greener Shores. Jax, the LCS MVP, as is tradition, was crowned this weekend. And as is sometimes tradition, they will not be participating at Worlds. (laughs) Do you want to tell everyone who the LCS MVP is? It's JoJo Pune. It's JoJo As Pune. it should be. Well deserved. Yeah, I, I was going to mm-hmm. say, like, I don't remember whether MVP is regular season only or if it includes it is regular, playoffs. It is regular season only. Even if it includes playoffs, JoJo was still the most valuable player on that fucking team by a mile. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. He was definitely not the reason they lost the TL. Right? Say that. No. In fact, the fact, the point that TL made in that entire series was camp the hell out of JoJo and EG could not reconfigure and figure out how to beat it. So, uh, yeah, that's an MVP. In the past, the LCS has sometimes split between MVP being the best player and MVP being the most valuable player, as in the player with the most impact to their team. In this case, they very much went for without JoJo, EG probably is bottom of the table, maybe not even making playoffs with him they were one of the best teams in the regular season. He is I, I, the reason that team was good. So what I want to add to that too, is though, even though I agree, it's kind of back and forth with the definition of MVP. I would actually also say Jojo was just the best, the best mid in the LCS. Like he was instrumental to evil Genius's success, but he was also a player who you kind of highlighted it during the TL series. It was true in playoffs. I heard Azale talk about this stat on the dive where he had the, Highest jungle proximity, both uh, friendly and enemy. A lot of teams would try to attack mid because they recognize JoJo as the player to beat on Evil Geniuses. And he was actually the best at absorbing that pressure. You watch him dodge ganks, turn plays around, and he would be able to find these leads despite all this attention he was getting. And this dude team fights like a a fucking maniac. I don't remember if I can swear on this podcast, but... uh, yeah. Yeah, go crazy. Okay, awesome. But yeah, like he's uh insane hands. Uh really good team fight sense in my opinion, and I think it's just I mean, the best player in LCS got MVP and uh you know, all is right, even though I'm really sad EG got knocked out. 
I, I am happy that you mentioned that because I was going to bring that up. It's like, I think it's arguable that he's both versions of the MVP. I think the yeah. other players in that conversation would be like Berserker and May. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Blabber would be in that conversation. Contra- I, I, I don't think so. Contracts. I think oh, uh, Contracts had a hell of a hell of a split. Yeah, he did. But I, I think Berserker is the other obvious standout of like maybe the best player in the league. Yeah. But yeah. The fact that JoJo is also in that conversation of like he might just be both <laughs> interpretations yeah. of MVP in the same split is very impressive. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I think he's the only one who has a shot at either at both of those at the same time. No one else is in that same category. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, that's enough for uh, MVP, uh, and unfortunately, that's enough for JoJo Pune. It is JoJo Sad. over, unfortunately oh. for him. Um, but let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, other, uh, this is kind of neat. It's not really LCS, but it's adjacent. There is going to be some fun NA-based oh, yeah. League of Legends upcoming. The NA Legends Invitational. This is an event that's being put on with Disguised Toast. I believe it's got full Riot support, um, but does it? Does some, can someone confirm on that for me? Anyone I know? am unsure if it has Riot They've promoted it. It's unclear. They, it, LCS, like themselves, I'm pretty sure are the ones who are promoting it. So I gotta imagine mm-hmm. that they are I, you know, I doubt actively that participating. I doubt there's financial backing from LCS. I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, if yeah. anything, my guess would just be that they're like, hey, this is a cool event that Toast is putting on. We'll advertise it for you. Because it was shown on the, the finals broadcast. Uh, and they had like yep. a whole segment about it. Especially because Toast was a guest on uh, the broadcast, which is, you know, shout out to Toast. That was cool, on. yeah. But yeah, I, I can't speak on like if Riot's really actively participating in this event or not. Yeah, like on the... It's pretty much on the flyer they had and shown it has Rally Cry, Riot, Challengers League, LCS. That's and what it was, yeah, because Rally Cry mm. are part of it. Yeah. It's a Rally Cry event. And oh, because there we go. this is specifically something that has been an issue in the past, LCS players have usually not been allowed to participate in outside events. This one specifically says they will have active LCS players and NACL players participating. So I'd imagine there's some sort of Riot giving them the okay on this. True. Yeah, yeah. Seems to be four teams. It's got a whole bunch of streamers or really previous pros. Uh, you all might recognize Skara, Yasuo, Aframu, and Sneak are going to be captains. It starts on the third of September, ends sixteenth to seventeenth or so of September. So you got something to watch in between Woo! the end of the LEC and the start of play-ins for Worlds. There'll be some uh, shenanigans to enjoy. That's for sure. Uh, that's really it for other news, except for what's happening in LEC. Um, Bickle, I know you're really looking forward to this. I'm sad Badger isn't here to talk about it, or specifically Mongoose. Um, but this is a player that uh, I think really Kangas may have even gotten excited about on a particular team over in the LEC. Self-made. For Vitality. Whoa. For some reason, he was still signed to the end of last week, where he was finally released from Jesus Vitality for Christ. good. I don't think he's played for them for three straight splits, if not longer. It's Four? been something like that, as he did not play this entire season and the split before. I don't know if it was partway through summer, if it was back at the end of spring. He was benched for Haru, and I don't know mm-hmm. if there was anybody else. If I'm trying to remember, I think it was just Haru was brought in. But yeah, he's just been on the bench for Vitality ever since. They finally part ways. He joins a pretty decent jungle pool availability as now self-made and inspired both EU free agents. We'll have to see if any teams going into next season pick them up. Who knows? But uh, It's criminal that Inspire does not have a team. 
actually criminal. Okay, uh, fun fact yes. about that, he was still signed Ooh. to EG this year. Like, he, oh, he's still more contract jail. Still oh, technically no getting paid way. out by EG, so that's, no that's no like part of the reason. <laughs> yeah. Bro, what if they Techni subbed in inspired? three junglers in summer oh split. I, that would have been the played their two craziest worst ones. shit. If, like, coming in, they drop down in playoffs, they're down 0-2, like, you know what? Fuck it. Bring, bring them back. Bring yeah. them out. Yeah. From Is the dead. Do you have to declare your sub going into playoff? Yeah. No, what I don't if think cool? they would have For the narrative, right, would have allowed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would have had to come out from backstage with a steel chair. Oh, that Take out smash both it over of them. our mayo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. At the same time, just one big chair. Bang, bang. Uh, yeah, yeah. He did, Otherwise, it's I just happening. checked. He did not play in, in summer whatsoever. So... He's mm -hmm. self-manipulated on the bench for three splits in a row. Oh, wait, sorry. Four splits in a row. Fuck the oh, new well, LEC years format. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yep. Oh, technically. True. Technically. <laughs> All right, I'm counting that as a win for me. Uh, hey, if you guys want to, I don't know, count some things every week as a win for yourself, uh, you can join us on our community Discord. Come hang out. Come play some games. We try to aim for like Monday nights or so, and we're going to try to do some Super Slam Saturdays coming up. Uh, the arena mode is going away, I think, at the end of this week. So if you want to get in some last matches in the 2v2v2v2 mode, uh, come join us. We've always got people interested in playing. Um, there's a whole bunch of other games coming out. You want to play Baldur's Gate 3 with us? We have so many people interested in playing Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, you want to play... Um, what's the game that you guys like, Jax? Path of Exile. There's a new league that launched last Friday. It's okay. But the core game is really fucking good. So come play Path of go. Exile with us. Yep, come enjoy lots of other games with the Rundown community. You don't only have to play League, we play a lot of other stuff. So, if you enjoy watching League, we totally welcome you. If you enjoy playing, hell yeah. If you'd rather play something else, jump right in. Water's fine. Uh, we'll have a good time playing together. Uh, other news, let's see, fantasy. So, uh, we don't actually have any fantasy yet, but hopefully we're going to have something put together for Worlds. They've been a pretty good at that, actually, every year, um, having something for Worlds. So, pay attention as play-ins approach. Uh, we'll try to put something together for that. Mini Quant shoutouts for all the pickums. Uh, make sure that uh, you get involved with that for the LEC. But the LCS, we have a playoff winner. Congrats to the Turtle Beat for picking the most correct over the LCS playoffs. So well done. Runners up mm, suspiciously were Mini Quant, who puts this on every time. Huh. Uh, and consistently is at the top. You know, maybe some, hmm. maybe do a little inquiry. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and Nano. So shoutouts to y'all for participating. Uh, thanks for having fun. There is no prize. It's just for fun <laughs> and bragging rights. And you get shout-outs here on the uh, the cast. Uh, hey, patrons. Thank you guys so much. It's only with your support that we're able to put out anything remotely resembling good audio week in and week out. So shout-outs to you. We appreciate it. We love you. Um, we hope you enjoy all the additional fun stuff you get every week when I remember to upload. You got a, <laughs> you uh, got a anyway. great one today that, yeah, that will not oh God. feature much of Duffy and myself. <laughs> this is going to be a yeah, different well, one. You get color commentary uh, from me and Mizell talking about them, though. That's true. That it's almost painting a picture for you. That's how good these two are at their jobs. <laughs> so Riot and others may be looking to hire some people in the uh, offseason. Just, you know, a little plug. Uh, that's it, guys. We need to talk about LCS. We got some fun stuff to get to. Two series this past weekend, both taking place in Newark, New Jersey. I believe at the Prudential Center, we had a semifinal between Team Liquid 
escaping the fourth place allegations by the skin of their teeth against Golden Guardians last weekend. They faced off against the team formerly known as CLG in the NRG Boys. Winner advanced on Sunday to play against Cloud9, who remained once again as the gauntlet boss, looking at the three-peat of their own. Gentlemen, Team Liquid, NRG, beatdown. Did this go how you thought it would go? I really thought the series could have gone either way. I my predict I didn't have a prediction, but I said I wanted Team Liquid to win because I'm a big fan of APA and Yawn. And that was basically mm. the entire basis of me saying that. Uh yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I mean, and I can't <laughs> say I'm surprised NRG won, but I was guess I guess I was leading TL's way a, a little bit. This mm-hmm. is the one that I think a lot of us expected to go five games. Did, what was the predictions yes. like, actually? I don't even remember. Uh, Most of us had um, this five games. 3-2, 3-2, 3-2, 3-1, 3-2. Jeez. We knew it. Yeah. We knew it. Energy bangers only, baby. Let's Dot go. Com. And with how good what? Summit was looking coming in, uh, wait, yeah, I don't don't visit that <laughs> wait, site. Hold on. I don't. I feel like that with some of the <laughs> words in that website title, that's... <laughs> I'm concerned. Okay. We don't endorse. We disavow. <laughs> we disavow. Randomly go to websites. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, you know, with how good someone was looking in their last series uh, and just energy's kind of flip floppiness in general and kind of uncertainty and how good that they are and like how confident we can have uh, with their performance going into the series. Yeah. I mean, it went the full five games, so we can say that we were all right there, right? Yeah, I'll take that. True. Yeah, I think Jacks. One oh, thing I, I wanted yeah, to throw in Wait. is just that uh, I think a lot of I think the part of why I, I kind of mildly didn't expect it is because kind of the converse uh, or the inverse rather of what you spoke of, Kangas and Summit. Uh, Dokla hasn't looked good in summer up until this weekend, and I wasn't too excited about him as a top laner at least in summer. Um, but he had an insane weekend. Um, there was one game where I was like, whoa, Dokla, what are we doing, brother? But of the, what is it, nine games uh, that NRG played this weekend, he smashed an eight of them. And it was, uh, I mean, really delightful to see, to be honest. What he pulled out specifically that gave me a lot of hope, mm. first game against Team Liquid, was the Rumble. Yeah. Being able to navigate yeah. playing Rumble right now in the LCS sets you apart as a top laner from the Shaft, and, right? Like the ones who are just not going to make it, especially in a world scenario. And it was his first Rumble game in his career on stage. Yes. 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 That's insane. He was good. I think his ults, uh, he can definitely improve. Yeah. Some of those ults uh, almost maybe hit don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the ults, I think, the were literally off-screen. <laughs> that wasn't that hot out there, but it may have been. Uh, and maybe don't take the hex gate right into the middle of the entirety of Team Liquid. Oh, that was that it was to yeah. lull them into some self-confidence, all right? Yeah, it was, a bait. it was a bait. Lull them into self-confidence. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. All of it. <laughs> he's, just, uh, he's the actual life coach for Team Liquid. Building <laughs> them up a little bit because before he smashes them down. I think the only person that's actually been playing rumble at a consistent solid level it's been licorice yeah i don't yeah. i agree we haven't yep. seen like consistently out of summit consistently out of fudge and even if when they have played it it doesn't look good 
I uh, see. That's what I was gonna say. Is you commented on the ults going every which way. The worst one we saw all weekend was not even in this series. It was from Fudge, <laughs> where he just literally <laughs> ulted a giant fucking rock wall where their players cannot path. Yep. I still don't. I've played some Rumble, but not like a lot, so I could totally understand how I'm just an idiot, which is just also fair in general. I don't understand how consistently pro players just can't hit the Rumble ult. I gotta assume it's like uh, the mix of not having smart cast on other champions consistently and either needing it or not needing it on Rumble ult and not making that change in settings before game or practicing with it, but it is so consistent. feels like every game or every other game, you're gonna have the dumbest rumble ult from someone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough enough waxing eloquent about that. <laughs> um, let's talk about the series. First game is instantly a fucking banger. Yeah, it is. Until Out about 30 minutes. Hmm. Yeah, but the first 25 it was is a banger. Chef's <laughs> kiss. Absolutely. Um, super, super fun performance. NRG and Team Liquid go blow for blow. I'm loving seeing kind of the different comps that are coming out of them because it sometimes gets turned on its head. They, the NRG team as a whole specifically are not just saying, hey, this is our style. We're going to play this style every single game, which is what Team Liquid has kind of built themselves on the back of. It's how they've been able to find consistent success is practice, practice, practice these particular comps, get them down and continue to execute on them. NRG comes out, wins game one, with, which is a total bloodbath, blow for blow. I say bloodbath, there aren't a ton of kills, but it's just constant fighting. It's constant, here's a kill there, there's a kill there. Every objective is contested. Super, Early super ganks, fun. And then mm-hmm. consistent ganks throughout. Yeah. That, that roam from uh, Dokla, because he got a really good lead. Oh, was, yeah. It was yes, really smart. Was like, I like how he was using his leads on uh, a lot of these champions because he had a like what 20 cs lead he was up a couple waves on summit so he still has tp advantage because he held on to it he walks bot lane uh helps set up like a perfect dive and then he tps yep. top and it's like it never happened but he, mm-hmm. he barely lost anything summit doesn't even get a plate and i don't remember if it was I'm trying to look back or maybe it was a, a different game but i just thought they were really smart with how they are moving around the map for neutral objectives, like how there was a Rift Herald where they would, they knew they weren't strong enough to contest it. So instead of uh, actually going for it, they like lane swapped their mid and bot. And because I think it was this game, because Palafox was playing Tristana, and because he's laning mm-hmm. against Yon, I, he's a couple levels up, you have to just hide mm-hmm. under your turret. So you don't drop any waves. Yes, they get Harold, but Tristana gets like two or three plates. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, same value. This is going to become something that I harp on a lot throughout this entire weekend. No team in the LCS is better than energy at being where they need to be at the right time. Every comp that they have consistently across all their wins, especially NRG is at the objective when they need to be, either ahead of time if they have a comp that necessitates that, or they arrive late if their comp actually wants to push people off of a particular well-known area. If you're allowing another team to come in to Drake because you know you can pepper them with Jace, you can nail them with Kai'Sa Ws over and over again, it can work. Or you could be on site if you've got a crazy death ball team comp because the opponents cannot actually go into you at all. And every time... They were in the right place at the right time, 
consistently. Every game from spring to summer where Palafox had like a 3K gold lead on Jason they lost has led to this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> they know how to play <laughs> the cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what you practice for, right? Yep. You just got to practice on stage. The best way to do it. Now, this started very strong for NRG, kind of, right? Like, it was still a very back-and-forth game one. They immediately give up the ghost, though. Game two is a victory for Team Liquid, and they start early. There's something I like from NRG, which is contracts being willing to say, uh, I'll play Trundle. I don't know what he was picking Trundle for, since nothing on Team Dude, Liquid was tanky. Was so yeah, it's like, it, you, you. you have one alt target with Rel, but... I don't know, Rel doesn't even take Aftershock, so it's uh, not exactly ideal. I, I don't even think you can interrupt Rel's uh, crashdown. So, um, I think, okay, okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think the reason you pick it is because, mm-hmm. uh, wait, actually, I'm going to go back in the draft order before I sound like an idiot, because I'm pretty sure <laughs> it's two reasons. One, you, oh, he you're more than welcome to end. sound like an idiot here. I think it's so he, picked it for, he picked it for Draven. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure the mm-hmm. Draven came out first because the thing that Trundle is really good at in the lane phase, I mean, the pillar is a really good way to uh, basically punish low mobility carries. And for someone who wants to snowball like Draven, I mean, you get a good timing, pillar goes up, you have to flash. He shows up in the next couple of minutes, you're probably dead. And that's, I think, yeah. what he was playing for uh, specifically that game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, rest of game two kind of just plays out how a typical Team Liquid victory does. They get a small lead, they get one or two kills, they fight over every objective, but oftentimes they're not actually focused on kills, they're just getting the objective, and they're going to snowball, slowly but surely, the classic old-school Core JJ LCK style. They're not really going bloodthirsty, they're not overextending, they're simply suffocating NRG. Yeah. NRG keeps trying to fight doesn't quite work. We do see a ton of this, and it's very annoying, and I hate it. Palafox plays so much static Shiv LeBlanc, and in this game, it simply does not work because of how far behind they get. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't like static Shiv LeBlanc anymore. Um, I don't remember the exact patch where they even removed this like interaction with Night Harvester, but... Uh, I don't think I don't they're know. playing That's on that patch yet. Oh, okay, but even but not? even still, okay. it's been nerfed to the point where I can't imagine the wave clear is worth it, and your ability to one-shot this game, I think, is just way too important. And I think the real yeah. issue this El- game, though, I will say, was uh, the Summit Gwen, just because we had that early Cassante come through, and, I mean, that's a really bad matchup for him. And Summit, I mean... And Summit's Gwen was insane. Yeah, it was a pick that this game... I mean, you look at the comp, that NRG ended up uh, drafting, Gwen loves to play into all of these champions because they all want to come into her effective range. And like, she doesn't care. None of them can actually kill her. And with the lead he got, you guys saw it. Literally, it gets to a point late game. Elder Dragon comes up. Both teams are looking to contest it. It's looking close. It's like, okay, there's a fight that's going to break up. All of a sudden, Summit's R3 of the final needle cast yeah, comes through. FBI and that. Palafox go from full health to about 10 to 15%. It's like, well, that fight's over. And that's just game. For the record, this game was not a full stomp, though. No. no. Towards the end of what's the mid-game, really into the the Elder Dragon fight, NRG consistently picks up wins, consistently picks up kills, and by the time 
the final quote fight happens, it's actually only what 1.5k difference, something like that. Something like yep. that. But Tila has already secured at that point the full. I think it's a Cloud Drake. So mm, meh, not like a major deal, but still helpful. Uh, I think Cloud Soul's good in for that comp, especially for Gwen because that move speed is ridiculous. Yep. Uh, for running people down, but also uh, part of the reason things were looking close is that there was a big focus on. I said it during the day, too, when I was there, that, you know, Summit has some Summit moments. And it's, even though he's looked good the last couple of weeks, I think this weekend, I, I saw the Summit that I was familiar with. Uh, the player who uh, dies in side lane a lot. So, when, the thing with Gwen being as strong as she was in this game is that every play TL makes towards the Gwen wins. Gwen is in the fight, winning. It's over. But if you pick off... Gwen in the side, especially mid-late game, you have a lot of time to contest objectives. E even if you're behind the 4v5, or rather the 5v4 is so, uh, it's so good because Summit has all the gold. And because of that, that's, the, I think, the main reason why the game looked as close uh, as it did. Because mm -hmm. uh, Summit just died a lot. <laughs> and Draven is once again very immobile and you yeah. can start to see the impact of a trundle specifically with the Draven against the Draven in some of these fights where it can't really get online it can't escape etc um, I think we should just let's move on to game three because Team Liquid does clutch it out unless you got one, one more, more point, point. Something, this is something funny one of my friends uh, says because uh, he's an AD carry player I think Yon this game because kind of off your point he had what my friend calls an 80 crit singed game, where that he had no impact in this game. He could have been playing 80 crit singed, and like the result would have been exactly the same. Oof. Yeah, that's pretty fair. He was just bait. You have a Legit. lot of games like that as solo queue. You're just like, you know what? Hands off the wheel. Yeah. Jesus, take yeah. it. We're going to hope my top laner can finish the if game because I'm not if worth If God it. wants me to win this game, I'm going to win. Mm hmm. Is this ordained? <laughs> Please, God. In all honesty, <laughs> though, out. that's a lot of what TL's comps, and honestly, that's what they continually set it up to do. Four out of their five games, every comp is nearly identical. Carry top. Carry jungle. Nico mid. Nico mid. Any <laughs> yep. AD carry and engage support. It's like, okay, we're mm -hmm. going to carry through top jungle, and if that doesn't work, we're screwed. Yep. Talked about it to start the series, and it just continues. Lennon, Mazel, yeah. tell me, game three, the Nocturne oh. Jungle. What did you think about that? Uh, I'm always really hesitant about Nocturne Jungles, uh, but the thing is, if you get rolling, uh, it can be very good. I think that game three was the final good game of the series. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would agree. It was, it was really tense, right? Like being there and feeling the energy of the crowd and the way that it was going, like it just felt so, so cool. Uh, and, you know, the pick, the pick itself was, you know, it, it surfaced. It surfaced. It, I hated the Nocturne Jungle <laughs> so fucking much. But he's a light, he's a light so switch flipper. Actually, I, no, I like Nocturne with Nico, but too, you yeah. have to have the ability to actually mm -hmm. pull it off. And I think that in a way, Braum actually like completely shut down what this mm -hmm. comp's trying to do. Because you turn off the lights, everyone just hides behind Braum, nothing happens. You, you don't mm -hmm. actually get the big combo. The story of this series, of this game, of this weekend comes down to one thing. You need the coordination. And TL, when playing this sort of comp, 
Nocturne turns off the lights, APA comes in with a Nico flank, or Rel comes in yep. with a flank. You need to be able to communicate that and set that up so that the damage is in the right area, so that they can follow up on the CC. And consistently, TL was looking for plays, and there was just no follow-up to it. Mm -hmm. All right, hear me out. Here's why I hated the Nocturne so much. I don't think TL set Pioshik up for success by drafting him Nocturne. I looked up the draft order. Tristana, Ezreal, Maokai were already shot. Thank you, exactly. Yeah. At, it's, at, so, it's, it's so at that point, so disgusting. Who is Nocturne supposed to ult? Exactly. Tristana and Ezreal can both escape the fear tether of their own accord. You're not ulting the tank Maokai. Nocturne's not a tank buster. It didn't even matter what the top and support wound up being. Nocturne was already a bad choice by the time they drafted Agreed. 100%. It, in, in my mind, seeing that, the only explanation I can think of is that you want to get a mid laner that can capitalize on the Nocturne, which they did. Try and tag team the Trisana, because at that point, mm -hmm. you know that the Trisana is going mid lane. Try and shut them down or whatever side lane the Trisana is pushing into. Because then once they leave lane, you're going to go in and try and take turrets. Maybe you can catch the Tristana pushing. But to Duffy's point, which I agreed with, Energy's really good at being in the right place at the right time. And Palafox in particular was really good this weekend on not getting caught in side lanes and just yep. dying randomly. Yeah. Bro, he was like the anti-humanoid. <laughs> he would go side lane. <laughs> He would As go sideline, get ganked, and kill everyone, yeah. and then walk away. Oh my god, we're going to talk a lot about that in the C9 series, don't worry, yeah. I'm excited. Um, so the thing that I really, yeah, like I 100% I agree too with Jax, like, the Nocturne was such an egregiously bad pick in that position. Like, the four champions TL had at this point, which was uh, Kaiserel, Nico and Nocturne, it's a really strong all-in comp, but the problem is, as you said, you have two ADs that can run, and you have uh, Maokai, who's really good at disengage. Braum is just icing on the cake because of what Kangas uh, talked about before. Your only real option is playing to side. And uh, we gotta, uh, like, I agree, Palafox played that one really well. But I mean, that's just kind of my expectation when I see this sort of draft. When you're playing against the Nocturne, at this point, you have to play two lanes. You have to, um, you have to be careful with uh, pushing too far because you have to recognize when there is a timer for Nocturne to ult you. And I mean, this is just a thing, like, I think pros, you, you often do and should understand. So that's why it's just such a fundamentally bad draft there from TL. And uh, I don't know what you throw Pioshik on instead, but, you know, just, just not that. Leeson would have unironically been better. I don't know. They both would have been pretty invisible one way or the other. I, at least well, then the you can get a cool then. kick flash, you know? And then maybe something <laughs> cool happens. That's true. That's true. Don't, don't okay, worry, though. Enough. Nocturne is not the worst pick of this entire series. <laughs> actually, yeah, we'll actually, talk about game four I actually five. don't agree, but we'll get there. I actually game think Nocturne is a really in this context is so utter dog water. Like, it's just so bad. You literally lost the game. On that R four. In all, okay. in all honesty, they draft it for the for the R one cast, not the R two cast. They did, and we saw a couple of instances where it felt like APA actually could get a flank off, but he was three seconds too yeah. late or more, and it just didn't affect anything. And if you get the Aatrox and uh, a flank for both the Aatrox from the top lane, which is going the proper lethality build, yes. and APA on the um, the Nico, like holy shit, it doesn't actually matter what the fuck. Um, Nocturne does. Yeah, he could just turn off the lights, jump in, stride breaker, and die. Peace out, girls. I did my job. Um, and it doesn't matter. But yeah. at that point, why not? But play he couldn't make it Ramus work or something that's actually useful. 
Because it turns off the lights, oh, baby. True. Yeah. Oh, true. Oh, my God. That's what oh, I said. Hold on. hold on. Can we take Light a second? Switcher. Can we take a second? <laughs> you want Ramus? And just, just <laughs> talk about Ram how fucking crazy Ramus would be in this game? Oh no, no, God. no. We're going to the next one. No, we're all moving right, on very quickly. Because right. we're going to talk about the actual worst pick of this okay. series. And that is for NRG. And what pick jacks did they take in the mid lane that just... So oh, yeah. <laughs> I That's what I was talking about. They put Palafox mm -hmm. on Aurelian Soul. I lied. You're right. I take it back. Dude, yeah, it was an ego. It was specifically they put him on Aurelian Soul it in was. game four. When the tankiest person on the opposing team would be either Lee Sin or Jax. Yeah. And everyone has fucking leaps except right. for like or a like, speed up or some way to get out of Aurelian it. Aurelian Soul is not a watch... bad champion in this meta. He's a bad champion into this team. I think it's like 12 minutes into the game. Aurelian Soul is level 10. Pioshik wanders down bot lane, two levels below him on Lee Sin, completely destroys him. Yeah. Like, not even close. There's nothing Aurelian Soul can do. The second you're on the same screen as Lee Sin, it's, it's over. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I like... So luck. I don't like... The thing I don't like about the pick is I agree it's, it's playable in this meta, but it's so hard when we are so commonly seeing mids that can contest for priority. And, like, for the most part, Aurelian Soul can't do that. And as a result, you want to compensate elsewhere. The problem is... I mean, NRG didn't. Uh, I mean, Jax, uh, Jax and um, Cassante, I mean, that's a skill matchup. So, you know, it, it's not really consistent one way or the other. Uh, I was surprised that the Rel and the um, Ezreal got pushed on that bot side. But the point was, like, there wasn't much for contracts to do in this early game because at the end of the day, like, he had no mid-prial and they had nothing to do anywhere else on the map. So they fell behind so early, especially against the Lee Sin, who is like really strong early game champion. It was just such a bad matchup. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. When you tough. have a they champ that's specifically go. built for the early game, like Lee Sin, against a champ that is specifically made to, you need to get late and stack up your passive in yeah. Aurelian Soul, you can very much end up in a game like this that ends in under 19 minutes. Yeah, this was a beatdown. This was a slaughter. It was. No pun intended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got him. Um, yeah, this was brutal. Uh, Team Liquid completely ran just roughshod over NRG. Bad comp, bad play. I actually like generally the Poppy pick. I love Poppy. It happens so often this entire weekend, by the way. Uh, it's incredibly good into everything that's meta. There's so many leaps, so many jumps. Uh, but Summit gets way ahead. Palfox does nothing. Contracts can do nothing. It's over. We're moving they did on. It for content. Uh, mm -hmm. they did Speaking of over, content. they did it for the memes. Yeah, game five, oh, baby. baby. It all comes down to this. And what happens for NRG? This blows my mind. What is the mid lane matchup, Pickle? Uh, it's a Zier for Palafox. He's good you on that. Give. He's very good on this champ. He is completely fearless on Azir. This man will flash shuffle you from five screens away and without even, won't blink. We'll just do it. Be like, this is the optimal play. I will die here, but so will the entire enemy team. Fuck it. We ball. And he did that so many times. Now, what was picked into it, Bickle, it is the, the interesting little counter we've been seeing kind of sprinkled throughout the LCS and it elsewhere. was the Zareth for APA, and the thing is, by putting APA on the Zareth, they're completely changing up 
their style over the past four games because you don't go a carry jungle with this. They end up going with a rel, so a more engaged style for Pioshik. I don't like that. The bot side still remains AD carry engaged with Zeri Nautilus, and uh, Summit Summit has a Summit game, and ah, yep, it, it ain't. Summit was it ain't pretty whatsoever. I I will say. I don't consider it a hundred percent on him, but really? it was not great. I think he was trying to create pressure in the way that TL usually plays around him, but to the point of this is now a different style of team comp. Uh, that he he just didn't turn the switch off of like oh I don't need to do this anymore. The whole breaker I think mm -hmm. was just the incorrect build. I, I think that oh was so you, bad. You should not go for the hard focus split push because your team it th this comp doesn't really have the ability to get a lot else done while you're creating pressure and drawing people into your lane. Like Zareth isn't going to be a big objective taker. Like you're not pushing in and blowing up turrets or taking like. Baron sneakily fast. Uh, you know, maybe you're getting the resources into Zeri and trying to like just get two waves of farm into that, but then Zareth is just useless and does nothing. So you still want resources mm -hmm. into Zareth. It it felt like uh the, the draft didn't fit for the split push Nar, so focused on the team fight, but they were falling behind. Uh and they were they were struggling so much that it felt like he was almost pressured to try and make something happen and it didn't work out, but I, I, I don't want to like flame him for it because it felt like a doomed situation. So I understand mm -hmm. in a way why that decision was made. I understand it, but I can we can we talk? <laughs> <laughs> can, can we talk about uh, that's also fair. Can, can we Man talk up. about that mini nar flank at the back that's half what of the I'm game? Saying, bro. Yeah, but the game was already being lost at that point, right? It's so desperation. Like I understand desperation. But flanking in a 1v4 with no Narbar built up? That's yeah, literally an int. Yeah. That's literally like... Yeah. Like, this is troll. He ran it. He fucking ran it. That was really bad. But the rest of the team is also not playing well up to that point. APA is not making the Zareth pick shine at all. Mm. Realistically speaking, from what I understand, in lane phase, the whole purpose of Zareth is specifically to punish Azir early. Yeah. So Azir does not get those free lanes. That did not happen. In fact, I'm pretty sure if I run the tape back, yeah, Azir's hard winning the matchup, the entirety of lane phase. Now, it's more, it's mostly down to actually picking up assists by moving around the map, so it's not just beholden to the 1v1 in the mid lane, uh, but Palafox navigates the matchup very, very well. Uh, Two things I, I want... Yeah. I want to yeah. throw in there. One being, I unless maybe Mazella or Beatdown knows more, I don't remember Zareth being one of APA's pocket picks. I know he, he Ziggs, did play it. He did I know Cassiopeia. Yeah, Is it one of his? It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the second point then, since that one, I guess, is now invalid. Second point I wanted to make was he did have a couple of very closely impactful ultimates. Yes. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> quite pull them off, but he almost kills FBI <laughs> at the Baron. He stops the Baron from being taken, almost kills FBI. And then at the uh, towards the end of the game, he also, I don't remember if it was FBI or Palafox, but he almost kills somebody at the base. They're in Zonia's and he mistimes the ult. Yeah. He's trying to get that frame yes. perfect. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zareth yes. ult hit out of the Zonias, and he's just barely early. If he hits that, like, like so both of those were so close. <laughs> Dude, uh, oh, I mean, lucky. just to add to that, because, yeah, it's true. It's supposed to be a a really hard lane for Azir to play, but I, I agree with you, Duff. He 
Uh, Palafox played that matchup really well. Like, you would just watch him during mm. the game. Like, he was just literally sidestepping so many spells, and it was really messed up to watch. And it made me second guess. I'm like, is this matchup bad for Zir? I don't remember anymore. But the other <laughs> thing, too, that this champion does is that even though APA didn't secure these kills, with especially how TL's comp is supposed to function, APA actually had a lot of uh, opportunity, which I think he took, to chunk out members before fights. Because the thing with the, the Zerath ultimate getting more shots and doing more damage if you uh, land consecutive ones is that you can chunk out carries before fights. And something that happens uh, with pre-objective setups is if you drop someone to 10, 15, 20% health, that's as good as a kill. They're not in the fight anymore. And I think that's why some of those mm -hmm. situations looked all right for TL. And that's why I actually uh, am very critical of Summit and how he played this game because this was like the Gwen game, but so much worse. Xerath really particularly plays well into Zaya yeah, for a lot of those same reasons. The best way to punish a Zaya in a professional setting, or really even solo queue, so take this into your, or into your solo queue if you want to, poke. Yep. Zaya does not deal well with poke. Her itemization does not allow for early uh, vamp scepters. Uh, she just doesn't do anything if you go early vamp. Right. She, her ultimate is completely, all of her like power and all of her identity is built upon um, cutting backwards. Yeah, Anti-engage, you know, yes, things that correct. jump on her, not that hit her from really far away. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So she can very easily be poked. So it made actually a lot of sense, but Team Liquid was not able to navigate either the early game or the mid game well enough to take advantage of whatever strategy that particular comp had. And NRG played really well. I don't like the last pick, Nar, because as a reminder, this is the last pick of the entire draft yeah. is Nar. And he's taking it into Rumble, which Dokla had just shown a ton of proficiency on mm -hmm. in game one of the series. He'd already done this before. Um, I think this was just a bad call from the get-go. We've also got, uh, once again, another Poppy. Good luck fucking jumping through everyone <laughs> as Nar yeah. if Poppy's in the yeah. front. And he stopped that engage twice, once at Baron and once elsewhere, and Summit just got fucked. Like, that was it. That was the entire team fight was based off of one silly W key from the poppy player um yeah great drafting excellent play from nrg yeah. they start strong early they continue to grind and grind and grind and then the game's over team liquid basically never finds a way to come back into this game nrg does what to them what team liquid does to others gets in the right positions gets the objectives now, what they do differently is Team Liquid will disengage. NRG fucking went for the throat yeah. <laughs> every single time, picking up kill after kill, which just caused the gold lead to grow. Yeah. And TL had no way back into it. Certainly not with a flanking summit, NAR, with at least GA, that he probably lost because he had no NAR bar and died to four people instantly. And all through the time that we've talked about NRG in the regular season, it's usually been about Palafox and Contracts are our two standout players. But in this weekend, this game, I mean this series, and the one we're going to talk about next, the bot lane duo of FBI, yeah. and we don't like to talk about them. Well, Mongoose isn't here. I was going to say, Mongoose so isn't here. Yeah, we could talk about him. Ignar, oh, is he an Ignar hater? Mongoose, yes. <laughs> not an Ignar. FBI and Ignar had a phenomenal weekend. They did. Like, Absolutely. They looked great. They stepped up big this time. This weekend alone justified the change from Luger and yes. Poom. 
to FBI did Ignar. You FBI see Luger's is tough to stomach. Did you see Luger's yes. post? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, get replaced and win, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he. I think he. It sounded like he took that really well by like the wording of. The yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, said, yeah, yeah. He put he a response in the he was memeing and said yeah. like, "No, but for real, I love you." <laughs> like, yeah, he, he was, was memeing so for hilarious, sure. though, man. Uh, yeah, really fun. Great decision making from um, the now NRG coaching staff to put together the squad, and they get to face C nine, who just three zeroed them, I believe, uh, two weeks prior. Yeah, two weeks prior, in order to knock them down here. Um, things are a little different, though, this time around. Kangas, NRG, you were the only one amongst us brave enough to pick them to win the entire split. Oh, you're the goat for so that, So I love for you. Mm-hmm. One of us always, only one of us is ever allowed to pick them to win a series. Back when they and were Kangas CLG, because we're so, both CLG uh, fans. So, so just, just I, have, to to be I have to pull people mm-hmm. here. Kangas, back... In spring, before the season had even oh, begun, yeah, that's true. This is huge. You made a prediction saying CLG will win the split. Now they did not win spring. Oh, that's pretty great. But they did win summer. However, the core roster. Yep. You did say CLG. I did say CLG. CLG <laughs> did not win a split. Do we give him credit for this? Absolutely or no. Not. No. no. The coaching oh, staff is the same. Three it's out of five players are the including same. including adding a new, uh, like a lot of other new coaches, too, though. It's not, what new no, coaches are the same? Didn't no. they no. bring in? Uh, no. Same coaching so, staff. Coaching staff. Was so, I think Soaz was just this split. He was already oh. there. He's, he, been, he's there been there all year. Yeah. He was there last split. I think they brought yeah, in the Paulo performance Soaz. coach. I, th- I, I like think the it. performance coach is new. <laughs> like, like, God damn, sorry, bro. Sorry. Holy shit. Bro, you're not paying attention to Soaz? <laughs> the hell, Western Lennon. top lane dope. You're trying to question CLG fans? Yeah. <laughs> you could come for Wicked, okay? I don't give a fuck. Uh, come for uh-huh. Soaz? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wicked was actually the CLG yeah, player, so, too, of the two of them. <laughs> so I don't know how much credit to give you on that initial prediction, Kangas. Literally okay. zero. Well, you know Here's the conversation. You poll, well, if you want to do a poll, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back. Greg Kim counts this as a victory for CLG. <laughs> Unbiased. And if Greg Kim counts this as a victory no bias for CLG, whatsoever. despite getting kicked and not allowed to complete his actual entire job, Dude, he was in the whole vaporwave CLG fucking fit at the at the semifinals. Awesome. Finals was great. I saw. I love it. I love it. I think we can count it. I think it's worth it. And you know what? It doesn't matter what the rest of the cast thinks, especially a guest on the episode. <laughs> oh, your oh. guest checking. Because what actually matters is the truth <laughs> and that the core of the CLG roster did it. Regardless of what the name of the org that is signing their page the Say the line. They did it. That's but, not the line. But here's the thing. You mentioned your dream at the beginning of spring and you specifically use the verbiage involving Cubby, I'm sorry, not Cubby, Rafa calling the victory for yes. CLG. Mm. I feel like the fact that this roster won is enough. Well, here's, <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't have no to No matter what happens with that. this, he last it. week he still predicted NRG to win, so he gets that overall. I, I do job, get the guess. NRG prediction correct. And I still, you know what, again, you, you can disagree if it counts as a CLG victory, it doesn't matter. Point is, 
the boys freaking did it, everybody. Like, did it. God damn. Cloud9 came in such heavy favorites. Anybody that was on broadcast that was predicting energy were one of two minds. Either they were memeing and trying to be contrarian, or they were like, I'm phony with my heart, you know? Like, ah, it's probably going to be Cloud9, but I want to say energy. And nobody, I, I didn't hear anybody who legitimately felt that uh, energy had a chance to win, or even like Team Liquid would have a chance to win. Everyone was just like, no, it's going to be Cloud9. They're just the best team. But what happens yeah. on the day? Energy shows up. Cloud9 does not, despite Game 1 going Cloud9's way. So let's, let's, let's get into the series and actually talk about it a little bit. It's Game 1, Cloud9 yeah. showed up, and this is why a lot of people expected Cloud9 mm -hmm. to take the series. Uh, credit where it's due. They had an incredible read on how to play their composition out. They get the double poke of the Kaisa and the Jace. MS is generally very good on the Jace, uh, at least of like landing the big impactful uh, shock blast. Um, you know, position and side lane is a different story, but you know, it, in the moments where they're set up at the objectives, he hits the shots he needs to hit. Berserkers hit the shots he needs to hit. They have Engage in a Nautilus and Zajwani. Uh, and then Fudge is, you know, a top laner. He doesn't matter. He's Renekton. Boom, boom. Okay, uh, Renekton's this is broken. very no, much. Broken. Did Let's solo kill Dokla. Did, did, did take down he Dokla, did. yeah. This is a CLG comp, too. Or an NRG comp. <laughs> if you look at the way, like, the C9 itself, this is Jace mid. Yeah. So this is a pick away specifically from NRG. Mm -hmm. This is the bot lane Kai'Sa going AP. This is a beefy boy up in the top lane. This is engage in the jungle, another beefy boy, and more engage from the support position. Everything about this screams, we can do this better than you. And to respond, we get, what, the first Lucian I mid? The I, entire hate I hate it. 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 TSM did it. Insanity it is. I still hate it. That's Insanity's right. Play. I That's still right. hate it. It is a counter yep. into the Jace. Uh, I don't hate it mm -hmm. for the isolated matchup. I don't think it pairs well enough with a jungle like Rel to really capitalize because it doesn't feel like a power mid-jungle duo where it's like, yeah. oh, you can hard push the lane and then link up with a Rel and invade. Like, that's I don't see that happening. I don't really see the gank setup. Like, Illusion's not really going to set up the Rel, so it just has to be mispositioning from the Jace at that point for the Rel to try and capitalize on that. And, yeah, I mean, Energy just weren't really able to get anything off the ground. I don't believe they even picked up a turret this game, right? He just kind of got shut out on the map. Uh, I'm going to glance true. through real quick. They got no, no towers. I'm pretty sure they got no turrets. No towers. Um, they, three dragons. They got dragons. They were stacking those uh, a little bit, but like they, they just weren't able to really do the energy thing that we've known from them, especially in the previous series where it's like, oh, they play the map really well. They're getting around the map efficiently. G game one. In fact, it's the opposite. Of game, game one, one. <laughs> for Cloud9 was like the epitome of you can have the dragon. We're taking everything else and snowballing our lead. Mm -hmm. Blabber got They're his sixty nine percent. He did. That was funny. He got nice. sixty nine percent over the first three hundred games in his career, uh, and did secure the highest win rate in the LCS for people who have played at least three hundred games for their first three hundred, and then promptly lost the next three, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but this game, I think, is exemplified by the fight for the third Drake. Wherein I think energy actually got the Drake, but they had even kills and C9 was up 4.5k. And then they win the fight. And from that point onward, C9 just wins everything. Every fight is theirs. They're so far ahead. There's nothing that energy can do. They can't even get to the right spots ahead of time because of all the oppressive poke that's coming out of C9. Yeah. 
And that's it. C9 then walks away to victory. It looks like a typical C9 series, Game one right? literally says, well, at least at least the second place game was fun. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Kings. Energy picked off Zven a couple times. You know, that was neat. Yeah, yeah, I think that was... There was something there. That was my issue, too, with how energy were playing. They would blow a lot of spells on a Nautilus, which... They did. Or the Sejuani. Uh, like, they were doing, like, a full Lucian combo into, like, the tankiest members, and then, like, wait, whoa, no, we don't that's, have that that's now. part of what makes C9's comp good, in my opinion, because it is a really good front-to-back. And yeah. they... And the interesting thing is, I, I get the idea behind energy's comp. It's really hard to execute. Lucian is a big risk. That early game has to go your way. And the fact that I watched the bot dive get botched by contracts in Dokla, and I literally said game one's over. Because it was. Because you start falling behind. Fudge managed to get a solo kill because he was really smart and just rushed Maw of Malmordius. Usually you see people sit on a hex drinker. He rushed the full item. It made a difference in the 1v1. And because of that botch dive also, Palafox got pressured a lot. Because not only did contracts only clear his topside jungle and then go for the dive, he died. He wasted a lot of time, yeah. and Cloud9 Blabber was really smart. He not only took some of those bottom side camps, but they actually set up a really nice line of vision. Contracts just went for his respawn topside camps because at that point, that's what you have to do. You know you're going to die, or you know your camps are missing either way. And because of that, uh, Sven had a fast track to mid lane where they were able to, I mean, look, man, Palafox, you're playing an AD carry, essentially, so you're very vulnerable, especially when they have really good dive champions. So he, it yeah. actually made him super vulnerable to plays like that, and it's why this whole early game collapsed from that point. That was it. It was over. Let's talk game two. Kangas, right. you want to take us on a much more magical journey this well, time Well, game around? two is basically the opposite draft. <laughs> If you want to really <laughs> tell the story. Because Energy get the Kaisa and the Jace this time. And you know what's even more than that? Cloud9 lock in Annie for MS. We haven't seen a lot of Annie Aww. lately. But what does Annie specialize in? Big engage, big, maybe not like huge burst, but at least uh, like half burst. of the health bar burst. You know, enough burst that if you follow up, it'll kill. But they don't necessarily draft the follow up and. Also, energy lock in Ivern, which is like basically just anti Annie. <laughs> uh, you know, it still summons a better Tibbers and does <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of Annie, where it just True. keeps you alive from the burst. And they just completely run through Cloud Nine. Uh, this is why people try and get Palafox off of the Jace, right? Uh, he showed, I think, especially in this game, how good he is on the champ now. We've seen him be able to get leads on the champ even into like last year, summer and spring a little bit. And it was always like, oh, he's got a lead. But why can't CLG win the game with it? And it's like, okay, again, all of those losses <laughs> were for this weekend. Yeah. Where, and I, even a lot of this, this summer split where now the team knows how to play the Jace comp so much better than a lot of other teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Hard agree. They, it's, uh, I think, coinciding for very good reason with their better macro play. His play in the early game is allowing NRG to be in the right places at the right time. And both of those things need to happen. It can't just be one or the other. That's how they actually go from, wow, Palafox is good pre-6 to, oh, NRG has now won the game. <laughs> They've done an excellent job marrying the two. 
Um, also into the Zion again, which we've already talked about. Not yes. great into poke champs. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. This is the game wherein Palafox, or excuse me, Palafaker, yes. walks into bot lane, shows MNS how to play mid lane, gets TP'd on from Renekton, shows Renekton mm-hmm. how to play top lane, <laughs> gets some help from contracts oh, to finish what a the beautiful kill. Series it is of events there. An incredible play. Definitely go watch it. This is probably the play of the weekend, in my opinion. It required so much to go perfectly for one particular player yep. to walk out of it just alive, and then he gets he, the, essentially a 1v2. Perfect stopwatch. Contract has to flash in to shield him as Ivern to keep him alive through mm-hmm. Fudge's next rotation of spells. Like, ooh. It was so good. Um, Kangas, or Bickle. Also, something else that uh, starts appearing in Game 2, and we'll see through the rest of the series, suddenly Dokla's a Jax main? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. really good yeah, at it. This weekend is just the uh, Dokla playing champs he's not usually known for with the Rumble and now the Jax. And uh, he said, Fudge Factor, sit down. It's Big Doke's time. Big mm. Doke. He said Dokla's I, the better food. I just, I go. was mad just Healthy. at the Annie pick in general. Because Eminus, I, I'm, I'm going to harp on it because I've brought it up every time he plays it. Annie is like the anti-Eminus in terms of what the champion does to begin with. And Cloud9 loses every time they put Eminus on Annie. It's awful. Stop fucking doing it. Please <laughs> do not put Eminus on Annie at Worlds Cloud9. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah put w- him on Ari instead. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe don't do that. But I think- I'd rather that than the Annie. I think that Annie had to come out that game because, I mean, honestly, I think I've said maybe three times since I started watching League that, oh, this draft is unlosable. And uh, this was one of those times where, like, literally, the Annie pick is it's tough because at this point you have to commit to, like, all in. You have Rel, you have uh, Rakan. I mean, and you, you have just Zaya. You don't have to commit to all in. I, I disagree with that. No. You have four champs. I think you, you have don't get four it. champs. Already, you have or rather you have three of your four champs who want to go forward. And Zaya as a champion is really good at kiting back, but she's good at going forward too. Like she actually can play that style. You, what else do you pick here into a poke comp with Ivern that's so good at? I mean, dealing with hard engaged style champions at this Lucian, point. Lucian, you know what? Lucian would be terrible. You have to commit at this point, and I think Annie you know quote-unquote fits because was the azir hope banned? is that you azir was banned uh, round one azir was banned yes by cloud nine yeah uh, uh-huh. azir, er, it's a last it's a last pick yeah. annie to clarify exactly. like yeah. this is what's R5 defined the rest annie. of their your draft. comp yeah your comp has been established as cloud nine so they need to pick something that fits and that's going to give them the best chance at actually closing the gap on this poke composition and i think like, I just, it was the best and ari's banned no no, no. Ari gets banned yep. by energy, so you can't even play that as kind of like a backtracking age. Any 2.0 would have been better. He should have played Vex. <laughs> that would have been better. No one, oh, no one you're should so ever real play for that, Vex. Actually, no one spicy. should ever play Vex. No, no one should ever play she Vex. She would fit this so much better because Vex. No She's way. a great follow-up engage. You already have Rel Recon. You don't need more primary engage. And she can do it from actual safety, whereas Annie has to put herself in danger to follow up the engage. No, the fear is actually uh, would actually be super impactful in these team fights as well. Because yes. if you're following up on everyone, 
Uh, you cast your alt. Your fear bar is full. You press E. No, I'm I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down, Jax. You smell. I like the theory. I, I like the theory, but I do not think the champ is good. The theory well, is decent. Regardless, the Give champ is I need to, I need to check always. something. <laughs> nope. You guys I mean, keep the, going. The comp doesn't work. All right. Comp's no good. But hey, listen, it's one game. Cloud Nine's allowed to finally drop a game well, that was the first in one. the playoffs. That was, first yep. that was the first time they had lost a single game at all the entire summer playoffs. And they're going to right the ship, right, Kangas? Game three, no problem. We figured out what's wrong. We're going to like retool, be back stronger than ever. Fuck no. Energy oh. kicked their ass again. Let's go, game three. baby. I, I would even say this is like a bigger ass whooping than the last game. Uh, it did take m longer. Uh, there were three barons that energy needed before they were able to close it out. In general, I think that is a concern going into worlds is how many big objectives energy needed to close out these games. But FBI went freaking off, Dude, man. 16, yeah, one and five, just styled on berserker styled on everybody. And even Berserker was on the Zeri, almost had a Zeri moment later in the game, but like in general, FBI was just dominating. Uh, and, and this is the one that really, I think, earned him that player of the series. Because I, I, he, he's the one that got that, right? I believe. Yeah, FBI did. FBI yeah, did, yeah. He played well throughout the series, but I think this is the one that made it be like, oh yeah, no, FBI is the reason they won this game. Berserker was giving it his best. Oh boy, that c9 topside was rough you mentioned we almost saw a zeri moment we uh we certainly saw an mns moment okay this is the one where yeah, mns plays ari let's talk yeah. about yes because yes okay honestly both teams had really sloppy plays top lane in this God. game within like the first 10 minutes but mns never cleaned it up at least energy were able to clean it up after the fact but mns missed I would guess like half of the charms he, in this He game. spirit rushed over the wall, threw the charm, missed, tried to spirit rush back out, misses the wall, and gets yep. just blocked down by Ignar and contracts and just blown up. I'm like, well, C9 doesn't have a mid laner anymore. And then the more egregious one was later. This is like one of the big impactful moments that gets energy a dragon is there. Cloud Nine's trying to set up for the dragon. He spirit rushes over one of the mid lane like uh, walls as you enter into the river and try because they see a rel they see ignar and i think it was contracts on sejuani yes see the two tanks spear Correct. rushes over to try and hit a charm onto one of the tanks of the enemy team misses the charm first of all and yeah. then guess what you're literally on top of a rel in a sejuani you're not getting back over the wall after that yeah. and even if you land the charm like you're not gonna kill that that champion you need your team to follow up and, and you have like a zeri atrox as the other damage they can't get over that wall necessarily like that just felt like such a wild decision from and MNS. to go with that it's ever frost banshee's veil ari yeah you're gonna yeah. tickle Zero whoever damage. the hell you charm you're a vegan and just gets ha. popped, immediately killed energy, then have a 5v4 and are able to take the objective, and it, it just looks so sloppy. The only reason this game went Eminus, as long as it did it. is because Berserker played like a god, yeah. and his team just let mm -hmm. him down in game. And I will add, yep. this comp is, even though NRG kind of smoked them, uh, I think C9's comp is really hard to move into, so it made it really hard for them to siege, 
take turrets. That's why it took so many barons yeah. because there were moments where like walking into champs like uh, you, you know Aatrox, Maokai, it's exactly how they want to play. And even when you're behind, I, Aatrox is just uh, like I was saying to my friend at the time. Like Aatrox is really chill, guys. It's a, it's a very normal champion. Like, you have nothing to worry yourself with. But jokes aside, I think that's a big part of why it took um, a little too long for NRG to uh, finish uh, that game. I also think that energy got very ambitious with the Talia roams. Palfox was on the Talia oh, and was trying to make plays happen that early, pick was and they Thanos. weren't. They weren't really working out early, but then it did. You saw the strength of it later on. Once mm -hmm. we got to just the objective team fights, energy was consistently winning those uh, when they mattered, and it was really only like the early plays that weren't going their way. When it's like, oh, the Weaver's Wall didn't quite hit Fudge the right direction, yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. able to get away, and then they like overextend in the top lane, uh, and, and they get punished for it. And so uh, many. But if that Weaver's Wall in the right place, then it looks great, right? So it's like the tiny little uh, execution errors. The execution, yeah. right? And this is, a, this is a weirder pick. We're not seeing this much, so I'm not surprised that the execution. So many of those checks. objective fights were like all of energy limps away as they won the fight. Like mm -hmm. all of them took the maximum amount of damage they could without dying and then disengaged from the fight. I have a fun fact about the Talia pick also because I talked to Palafox that night and I asked him about it. And he's like, Yeah, I, I'm, he, uh, apparently he hadn't practiced it. And he just. Mm. Just pulled it out on the day because uh, cause they're like, hey, what do you think about Talia? And he's like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. And the and, uh, Which is great. Really good pick in that Props draft. to the coaching staff for like having the, the wherewithal to say, hey, this is a good pick right now. I'm confident enough in you as a player to say, let's fucking and do it. Oh, sorry. Big line. I was going to say, and so many of these answer. fights are on like a knife's edge and they're just limping away, as you said. It feels like if one more player off the C9 was having a better game, they would have been able to turn that entire game around because Berserker was trying so hard. He just mm -hmm. didn't have anybody else there with him. But again, going to what Jinx. the Talia does, be down kind of calling it Thanos, the coaching staff willing to play him, even if he hasn't been practicing it. Aatrox, Alistair, Zeri, Maokai, like they struggle to get through the uh, I'm blanking dash. on it right now. Unraveled the, uh, Earth. Unraveled Earth. There we go. It it that ability alone just kind of hoses <laughs> a lot of this yeah. draft and, and makes the, it so hard to position in the team fights and engage in the team fights. Yeah, even the I think yeah. even though uh, Berserker was doing well, there was uh what's the other ability? Seismic shove too, where he had a, a lot of really good stuns. And it made mm -hmm. it so hard for Berserker, who was already playing on this knife's edge. I you can only dodge so much. Mm -hmm. True. I think what Energy figured out more than really any other team in LCS has is hey, there's a lot of dashes, and all the champions that are strong right now have dashes. Can we get Poppy? No? <laughs> what about Talia? Yeah. Like things that actually stop the opponent from doing what they want to, they're okay with giving up the Aatrox, mm -hmm. even though this is recently a brutal pick the lethality atrox is insanely strong how's that going to get across the now? world can't get on talia how is it compete with a poppy can't really get on top of poppy you can stop it from doing anything except flashing so um there's a lot of really good decision making from energy as a whole but i think their ability to understand exactly what they need to do to shut down what an opponent wants to do is at the forefront of their success in this series and arguably in the uh, previous series 
In fact, I think we should move on from Game 3, because aside from specifically Berserker Heroics, this is a pretty convincing and dominant NRG performance. So let's talk Game 4. C9's got to bounce back, Kangas. This is it. Backs against the wall. But we've seen them here before. They've done gauntlet runs time and time again. They're on their way to their third title in a row, joining the likes of Gen G and JDG this year specifically. Uh, there's no way a little team that used to be known as CLG is going to finally beat them in a best of five. Yeah, right? no way. No you shot. Know, Berserker just almost carried your limp corpse across a finish line on the Zeri late game. Let's lock him in Draven this time around and <laughs> see if we can do that. Um, interesting pivot in draft for Cloud9. A very different style draven in the bot lane now fudge is on the rumble and eminence on yone in the mid lane not just any yone mazel what did he build as his no mythic don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. i don't care Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun though you know like it's quirky dude drawing a a shroud over your brain i hate it because i feel like eminence had such a bad series and i just want him to not uh, not have a bad series because like dude it, yes i whatever the picks the build whatever but like there were so many pivotal moments that eminence dropped the ball and especially in this yeah. last game mm-hmm. and the last two games yeah. it just hurts mm-hmm. i don't know it felt like they didn't draft for eminence's strengths and, and 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 also even the yone bill doesn't build to his strengths like when i see eminence his best moments throughout spring and summer have been when he's able to find a pop-off himself and it's less about setting up the team for like a huge follow-up pop-off moment which is what the annie's mostly doing and what this build for yone is supposed to do so yeah i don't know if this was cloud nine just like being overconfident or maybe eminence trying to grow and play different roles than what he is best at uh but either way did not work so i'll give you a third option MNS had COVID. I think this is my conspiracy theory. I think MNS had COVID because they picked very odd things for him that did not require him to be the center of attention, which has been their forte throughout the entire split. MNS plays high risk, high reward. And he mitigates the risk by having the better hand. Then why build Evan Shroud? Wait for it, wait for it. At no point in this entire series did he have the better hands or look like he was confident in having the better hands. That's a good point. Which is why I think you saw the Evan Shroud. And I don't think we would have seen Yone if this series went as C9 wanted it to. But they felt like they had to do something to change the story of the meta of this series and the only way they could do that is by putting him on a champ that i expect eminence to individually be enormously successful on he's shown before that he can play this yone exceptionally well but they had to mitigate for the fact that he's not playing well it has not been a good series and maybe they knew coming into it that it wasn't going to be great here's what irks me the most about the evan shroud going a tank mythic on yone is fairly normal but it's jack show not Evan Shroud. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. And yep. not only that, I can understand going with someone like Evan Shroud or Jack Show if you're worried and like maybe behind a little bit. He was four and up. Yeah. So yeah. snowball your he, lead. He did have okay. the best start to a game from any he of the did. games mm-hmm. in this series. Um, I'm going right. to push back on that a little bit because the point of going the Jack Show build is it makes him an incredible duelist. Fair enough. 
The problem well, is okay. the Evan Shroud doesn't give him enough personal tank ability to be able to duel Jax, which is essentially who he's going to be stuck dueling. Hear me out, though. You just hope that oh, energy hey. turn their brains off and clump as five. You use the Yone ult, rumble ult on okay. top, Draven ult Ex on top, yep. Draven yeah. cashes oh, I in. It. I see it. Executes wow. five. I don't know? disagree. Dude, you yeah. should be in a, a coach king. In, <laughs> in a perfect world, the Evan Shroud makes a lot of sense, you know? Sure. In a perfect you, world. You know, if you close one eye, you close but, the other eye. Yeah, the build looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> that requires to stand on one foot, you know. Yeah, that requires exactly. Fudge to yeah. not throw his ult at the wall. Okay, that was really bad. Yeah. The, the, the thing I found interesting about the Yone blind is just that it's a really strong pairing with the Sejuani. And I mean, we all know Sedge loves double melee solo lane, uh, melee in both her solo lanes because of her permafrost. Uh, it is still ambitious to go for it blind. And the, build, the mm -hmm. build was definitely weird. I think a lot of that is secondary just to the fact that, yeah, like I think he played really poorly, uh, especially in those last couple of games, which sucks because he is a player who like got a lot of hype when he first joined in spring, moved up from Challengers League after like, how many games was it, guys? Like, Seven, eight, and it was now half the, the split, yeah, yeah, half the split, and now he's at a point where not even he's just not he's just not playing uh, up to that same level okay. anymore. And I think he was the problem in the series. I, I I do want to take time though to talk about the positives because so far we've really been focusing on the negatives of Cloud Nine. Positives of NRG, another example oh, where real? FBI earned that MVP of Finals because FBI on the Zeri had an incredible performance. Um, I think showed that Zeri. I, I, we've seen a lot more Zeri recently. I don't even remember was she touched at all in any of like the patch notes. I no, not recently. I don't think so no. she's just been popping up a little bit more often, uh, and has been having a lot of good performances. I think Ignar and FBI had such good synergy this time around. Like it's a testament when the engaged frontline don't die. I know oftentimes they're the ones that are supposed to die, so it's better if they have more deaths than the carries. But it's also kind of impressive when the Alistair and the the you know uh, the Rel don't die on the team and mm -hmm. still are finding these like really solid engages and setting everybody up. Eminem's got picked off. He started four and zero, but then died five times in a row. Oftentimes through uh, either just getting picked or just getting really over aggressive and then dying because he's just, like trying to engage for the team and just gets completely shut down. Like you jump in, Alistair just presses Q. And it's like, all right, kill the Yone. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's knocked up. <laughs> that's, that's enough time. I think there could have been four different players of the series for this NRG roster. The only one I wouldn't give it to is Dokla. Yeah. And I think like yeah. runner up for me is honestly Ignar. Mm. Really? Consistently, Ignar played enormously well. All three of their wins, Ignar was one of the main reasons that they're able to win it. Their loss, he's really bad yeah. on <laughs> But everything else, if you focus on it, he's fantastic on it. And in a game like this one where uh, Palafaker um, pretty much plays like aesthetic Nico, you know, <laughs> he's there. You can kind of like see him running around. Oh, there's a pop blossom, but everyone still had flash. So he didn't actually hit anyone. Um, he was just kind of like window dressing. But Ignar and Contracts fucking carried this. Dokla stepped up big in game four as well. Uh, plays really well. We can, we've can. we already kind of harped on why things are a little bit different given he doesn't actually have an opponent who can match mm -hmm. him in the side lane because of the way that Yone is built. Um, but it's a great, I think, end cap to NRG. C9 says, okay, bet. Let's put all of our eggs in the Berserker basket. And Berserker plays fine. 
Like Berserker is not inting this game at all, but he has no space. Yeah. He cannot operate. Even gets There's a nowhere for him to go. At like a pretty good time for a Drave, and he cashes in like a thousand yeah. bucks at one Four. point. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's he's doing well. He's doing his job and then some. It's just not fucking enough. It's not enough. And one pop blossom, finally. Um, I think it's 31 minutes into the game. It's still a back and forth battle. There is one teleport oh, from Palafox. Yeah. The double one TP. pop blossom. There was a double the TP double from TP, CLG you're right. in game four. Once here. again, I'm like, sorry, energy. Ooh, double Damn. TP. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope, you're right. good. <laughs> double TP, pop blossom, Berserker's Flash is not going far enough. That's the fight. And that basically is the end of the game. That is the moment when NRG takes control mm -hmm. and marches down and wins it all. And what's really cool but, about this is for four of these players, this is their first ever title. And that's really great for them. And then you look at FBI, second title, fourth time reaching an LCS finals. He's got quite a resume when you kind of look at it. Yep. I gotta give a special shout out to Big Dokes though, man. The best narrative. No, 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 not even that. But like for us at ACL casters, like we gave this guy an MVP. Our our thing yeah. was it's not most valuable player, it's most valuable prospect. And three splits in in the middle of our time frame of a year to two years, this man fucking gets a finals and wins it. Like yeah. I I can't think I know like it didn't play into the narrative a lot at all. I don't even think they they mentioned it a single time throughout the entire broadcast. But for us, like that means a fucking lot. <laughs> like yeah. I'm so fucking happy for this guy. Like just the fact that like we all believed in him and knew that this was coming in the future. Like it just feels fucking good. We like, say this really on uh, uh, Academy Challengers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, the path to LCS is not linear, right? Some players will mm -hmm. need to take that time to step back from LCS, re-get that fire, that spark, that motivation, and then enter back into the scene. And Dokal's like the prime example of that, of he was good, but he was on optic. <laughs> and then dropped yeah. down to Academy and then grinded his way back. Uh and is now on uh been been on this roster for, you know, uh a couple splits, three splits now. Jeez. And picks up a championship like yeah he he had it in him he just had to find it and he also find the right team. our most valuable prospect <laughs> mm -hmm. whole top sides na talent whole top sides it's na amazing. talent that has been um yeah. waiting in the wings for a long time contracts this is his first time back in finals since 2016 i think it was was it 2016 or 2018 it was one of those two i think it was 16 when he was with cloud nine at that point i think it's literally been that long and finally, he gets back as a starter on a completely separate team facing Cloud9. I think it was 2016. Yeah. I think it was summer of 2016. That's right. So, kind of wild. Someone else, narrative wife, Palafox was brought up in that C9 Academy ecosystem. And when he was going to be promoted, they're like, nope, we're going with perks. perks. We're yep. going with perks. Yeah. You're gone. And. Yeah. In the end, he made him pay for it. And I wanted him gone for coffee, and now I look like yeah. an idiot. I mean, to be fair, Coppa <laughs> not getting promoted is so depressing. Oh God, the fact that Coppy's gone without ever having played, it's a fucking crime. It is. We still have Jensen, but no Coppy. Uh, all right, we're, we're going to really go on a tangent here if we keep going. Uh, um, that's it for LCS. Energy are your, 
your champions, the LCS champions. Cloud9 are your now the second seed to Worlds. Team Liquid are the third seed. All three of those organizations are seeded, boom, directly into the Swiss bracket itself. They are world representatives. Golden Guardians, however, still have to face off against LEC's fourth seed, who we do not and know. And will yet. not know this weekend. Uh, they will be playing. And will in- not know until the weekend on- after that. Just, just a little add-on to that, though. I will say, and I actually talked to a lot of the C9 guys this weekend, but like, I'm actually really happy they lost, and also in the way they lost, because talking to them, the amount of fucking anger and motivation that they have for that, because they know they should have won that, right? Like, good. Mm-hmm. They are ready for Worlds, and I think we're going to get the better Cloud9 because of that. And it sucks, right? They lost, but like I think for NA, I think it's going to be really good. So yeah, with agreed. the new, There's a fire with the new Swiss a format, I don't exactly know how LCS1, LCS2, LCS3 affects their initial seeding, or if it's even seeded for Swiss, because I've heard it's not, and if it's not, I'm going to be really upset about that, because I don't want to see things like, L- like LPL1 versus LCK1 early on. But mm-hmm. we'll have to wait Apparently and see. Not but to then we get a rematch. I don't know. We'll see exactly what happens we'll out there. We'll find out more. Yeah. We'll find out more, I'm sure, shortly when all this stuff starts to get harped on by people like Monte Cristo. Uh-huh. And then Riot puts out something that says, hey, actually, here's yeah. how it works. Please, Sorry, please you guys let haven't me know seen how it yet. Works. It was actually I, published on Loli like Sports. I'd like to know that. We're already starting rankings. Yeah. and We, we won't that. find out until the day before right. and the thing well, is, is just it's it not like till two months away or more yeah that's some <laughs> oh, because yeah, there's still asian games time. Uh, mm-hmm. all right y'all um yeah that's it for lcs so everyone wave bye to uh the lcs champions who once again uh none of them were pro team selections coaching staff wasn't even considered in the top three and yet they lift the cup <laughs> Bye, Energy. Bye, Cloud9. We'll see you guys again uh, in October. Yeah. Enjoy your time off, I guess. Or just go to Solo Q in Korea, which has been what most are going to. Golden Garden is already in Korea, by the way. I talked to, actually, the the manager, uh, Kamikaze Platypus. He said that they're going to give him a couple weeks uh, after this, and then they're going to go over to Korea. Oh, and GM. Yeah. Something GM. Yeah, there you he's go. He's the GM. Yeah. Something small that was mm-hmm. also announced. It's been officially announced that the world's qualifying series will be held in Korea. So yeah. Golden Guardians and the yes. LEC fourth seed will be there for that tournament or that best of series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. That's it for LCS, though. Let's talk LEC action. We only had two series to cover, and we're over in Berlin. We're not even in Montpellier yet. They haven't even started the actual finals of the finals. It's nuts how this is happening. Uh, there's no way this can be the way the format goes next year. It is, I am uh, going to it's personally riot. It's so bad. So we had two series. We had essentially the upper bracket. Mad Lions faced Excel. G2 faced BDS. The winners of those automatically qualified for top three from the LEC into Worlds. They cannot drop below that. The winner of their matchup uh, of these two winners against each other. Uh, which, is goes, not, uh, which is not finals. this weekend. It is a week after It's that. not this weekend. They get a two-week break. That's the reward for winning is after your three-week break, it, it you get another so two-week terrible. break. It is so terrible. 
It's awful. Uh, let's talk about it because there's really not much to talk about. That's kind of the nice thing. Y'all might have been listening to this episode being like, wow, hour and a half on LCS? How are they even going to get to LEC? Guys, this was the quickest fucking series. Mad Lions 3-0 blasted XL, and BDS did take a single game off of G2, but that is it. G2 destroyed them 3-1. to BDS took a game off of G2 because G2 thought it would be funny to pick Evelyn. <laughs> yes uh, yeah like yep. i was watching the game and i'm like huh who plays that mm-hmm. is self-made on the team mm, that was no like my one. immediate thought no one anymore it was and it was like we'll start with oh that oh my god dude it was, it was so bad oh game one we'll start from g2 uh bds because there's a little bit more to talk about we're really just gonna gloss yeah. over that xl matchup um this is the most fun series we may get this entire weekend because what the fuck have they been smoking over at Gamers as well? Yike, Rel, and what the hell, Lennon, is in the top lane for Broken Blade? Do you know? Uh, oh, I had it up earlier. Hold on. I closed my, Wait, my little bit. Starts with a K, ends with a lead. Oh, yeah, Clud. <laughs> no way. Twice <laughs> the series. Yes, and dominates both times. I Beat really. Down really like the Kled pick for a couple of reasons because uh, uh the first time uh, i'm trying to remember what the comp they brought it out into it was it was a response to renekton both times a lot yeah. of the time you pick Renek- renekton Iron. yeah so a lot of the time you pick uh renekton because i mean it's just a really strong laner you basically auto win the first rift herald really good for snowballing early game all, all that cool stuff but Kled is good for uh the fact that you smash renekton in lane uh, because you are a much better champion. And his ult is actually so good into basically a lot of uh, what his BDS were playing with. They had this sort of Ivered, sort of poke-style composition, and we kind of touched on it when we were talking about the LCS series earlier. Poke comps, especially with Ivern, are very uh, are really strong because it's hard to engage on them with a lot of the champions we see in the current meta. Kled is literally the one exception to that, just because of the fact that, I mean, you guys have seen the ultimate. He basically gives you all like a million move speed and you close the gap exceptionally fast. And that's literally how you I- beat poke comps. And because that ult is so strong, it didn't matter that they have Ivern. I just can't believe they picked, they actually picked Lulu. Like I knew you're going Zeri, but I still, Dude, I still oh my god, have, I would still rather have yeah, a front So liner. you are playing, you're playing against G two in the year of our God, 2023. Yeah. What are they going to play bot lane? What are they going to play bot lane? What have they been playing that no one else is touching, and they keep succeeding on it? They will play Kogma yeah, Brom so every fucking day if they're allowed to. You want to play one a poke ish comp, two double eighty carry with an enchanter into yeah. that, and then yeah. you add on the extra spice, of course, of the cled. But holy fuck, you can do nothing. You can't touch it. And if Braum gets one winter's bite on you, mm-hmm. it's, not just, dub- you it's dead, not just double eighty carry with an enchanter. It's double eighty carry with double enchanter. Yeah, yeah Ivern. They had Lulu and Ivern. Their engage was a Renekton. Yeah. Yeah, not but great, hey, not great. Adam got Darius in game two, so you know, yeah, and he true. got to he got a little bit of revenge on Broken Blade. So there you go. He did <laughs> great transition. 
Game two, totally different draft from G2. They're definitely feeling themselves. They allow Yike to play Evelyn. Um, he's worse than Invisible pre-6, by the way, in this yeah. game. Nice. He gets... Like, well, you don't become invisible until you're level six. Ah, uh, no, see, Yike managed no, that's to the problem. achieve quite an amazing feat and figure out how to activate Demon Shade before level six. Ah, it's very fascinating. Interesting. I don't Yike, know how he did it. Yike catches Shao trying to steal his red buff and forces Shao to flash out, and that was the last good play he makes in the entire <laughs> game. It was such a it good was play. So good. It, 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 never did the, uh, it, it was the vision that was really good because they expected yep. this to happen, and because they interrupted the channel, he couldn't like prep and smite the camp. And then you know he's a level down, and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go right now." Yeah, and mm -hmm. this was not just a like, level down, but had already blown his Q to uh, yeah, his there. HP. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and he with the fucked. Evelyn, this wasn't well even like really a fucked. late game R four R five counter pick. This is R two. They're like, hey, yeah, they guess so what? Early. We're playing <laughs> Evelyn. The only thing they've seen so far is the Ivern pick. It's so funny. Now, to BDS's credit, this is a much better yeah. team comp. And I'm looking particularly at one champ all the way down in support. Braum was a great choice because it yanks it directly out of uh, Mickey's champ pool. It protects now the double 80 carries that they're rocking with. And his passive, easily procced when you're running both a Zeri and a Tristana. And you've got an Enchanter now in the Ivern. Like, I love so much more of what I'm seeing here. The Darius is still a funny pick, um, but Adam's always going to play something a little funny and more specifically lane-oriented. But it's impossible to talk about the rest of the game because it doesn't fucking matter because Yikes yeah, on literally. Evelyn. And he's 0-2-0 at level 5. And at that point, the yeah, game's just... I mean, the game's so, the problem... So, the, so this is, in a weird way, my defense in the uh, early picking of Evelyn, not the picking of it overall, because I think that champ sucks. But Evelyn is one of those power farming champs that is insanely vulnerable in her first two clears. And that's why you pick it early so that, you know, traditionally you see like jungle support, things like that, uh, picked in the first rotation, especially on red side. So you have the opportunity to counter solo laners. And that's really important because champs like Evelyn, who are very vulnerable, you need lanes with Pryo, so it's harder for you to get invaded. And I think that's what G2 were going for and why they picked it early. Because ultimately, like, Evelyn, uh, camouflaged assassin, she's going to be able to go one for one with AD carry in a lot of situations. The problem just ends up being, like, uh, they didn't really have the best lane matchup, so it was really easy especially for Adam, funny enough, in this game, to run into Yikes' jungle mm. and solo kill him. It was, uh, it was really comical. And BDS does a great job of getting the lead and stepping on G2's throat. BDS actually follows through completely. They're able to secure a victory over G2, slowly but surely winning fights, better macro, because what the hell can G2 do if their jungler can't even get close to yeah. anything that's going on? It's, it's just Jover. Um, I do want to point out something. I think this is a positive, and it's probably the last time you'll hear a positive about BDS the rest of this uh, cast. Lebrov and Crowny, I think, both play pretty damn well. It's just not enough versus the rest of G2. Nuke has himself a bit of a stinker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Adam is a an anchor around the weight of this team, around the neck, excuse me, of this team. He's, his inability to swallow Eagle, to actually focus on anything other than trying to win his lane, 
it's it's terrible. I do not want BDS to be LEC's representative at Worlds because of this. I think it will. They will. Would be you like it to be BDS or SK? I know. Because it'll be one. The of options them. are not great, Bob. Um, let's move on quickly, though. This is enough for game two. Let's talk game three. Things churn on their heads. It is not the same G2 we saw just one match ago. Uh, Lennon, uh, did you catch the series live? Uh, I kind of bits and pieces because I was like in and out of sleep. <laughs> Yeah, totally get it. So I'm asking uh, ahead of time just to confirm uh, because uh, this is a weird-ass series where G2 continues to pick all sorts of random pieces uh, all over the League Champs map and they goddamn make it work. Jax, Caps goes back to the champion that terrifies everyone who plays G2. His fucking Nico. Uh, Does it work out in Game 3? Because the score certainly seems to indicate... Yes, he, he. We didn't get pink ward shenanigans, unfortunately. But thank God. Even though he turns into a fucking krug and wanders around the jungle, he was in the right place at the right time. He got the good ults. His combo with Yike was really, really good this uh, yes. this game, though. I think I think they obviously took advantage of the uh, the lack of synergy between. Uh, Shio Nuke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even like harder for, I mean, it's, it's to your point, Jiggly, the fact that Adam is an anchor on this team. It's, it, he's really bad. And it's like really unfortunate because kind of reminds me of Summit, but I actually think he's a lot worse. Just yeah. in the fact that he has really no, he seems to have no concept outside looking in of when it is his turn. To it's, go for waves because he and he gets punished for it very consistently. And I saw mm-hmm. it in the series, and I kind of like share everyone's concern about EU representatives because outside G2, LEC looks dog. It's the, the times Adam looks good is when he's playing Darius or Olaf or Set, champions who always have lane priority until they're wildly behind and because the champions 1v1. are exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else like Renekton requires you to not only have hands but have a brain. <laughs> Kled is such a good pick yes. in this series, it. and I love it so much against Adam. And I don't know if we'll actually see it again. I think I legitimately think this is an anti Adam. I, I think pick. it's an anti Renekton pick, <laughs> to be depends. honest. It does beat the Renekton, yeah. So, so- so it does, but I really think this is a this is like the player that this will work consistently I, against. The fact that he was able to pull it out again and do it again is what's mind-boggling. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a really good pick, not just into Renekton, but like I was saying earlier, I really like it into um, these more ranged poke compositions because your ability to close the gap is insane with that ultimate. I it's hard to say if we'll see it again outside of uh, this tournament since. Uh, it's going to be like several patch changes um, until Worlds ends up coming through because it's going to be on what thirteen eighteen thirteen nineteen. Yep. But if we get to a point where Ivern is still playable and we're still playing co- poke compositions, I would not be surprised for Broken Blade to either be picking this champ again or or getting some bans thrown his way from teams who do their homework. And it it feels like after game two where Yike tried to pull out the Avalon experience, you two's like okay, let's. Let's pull it back a little bit, Yike. We're, we're going to give you a break. You're back on rel. Uh, rest <laughs> of you got Broken Blade, Caps, 
At least it's exactly. not the 20, right? Yeah, You're all right, get the fuck back out there. Jail, but uh, yeah, Caps and Broken Blade <laughs> continue to show their dominance. And honestly, wasn't wasn't close. Just, just wasn't. I want to point out, Hans did fucking nothing this game. <laughs> he was just he was there to waiting. waiting. He was Am waiting. Right, guys? Bro, he, he was, was saving. Yeah. He was saving his energy for the next game. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Which uh, game four? Yeah, he uh, he comes I, alive quite a bit. I have to give Nuke a little bit of credit in game four, even though the game was going the way it did. To still have some positive moments on Tristan, like take advantage of the tempo, I think it was really good. It just mm-hmm. didn't didn't matter. I actually oh, really like yeah. the Yike Trundle pick too. His Tristan was good. It was so good. So BDS comes into game four first picking Maokai which Maokai has kind of fallen a little bit, given the meta of this particular series and the other one, uh, Mad Excel, which we'll talk about a little bit, but was otherwise, like I think, first pick worthy. The problem is when you show that tank jungle, if the opponent's willing to swallow pride and decide they don't really want to have a ton of fun that game, they could just pick Trundle. Trundle shreds any tanks that they're up against. And if you're going to show something like this, especially in the jungle role, it's over. You cannot win a 1v1, uh, like post-level 6 onwards. And no matter what you do, I think he at least went phase rush, so he didn't just give a shit ton of uh, extra stats to the Trundle with an Aftershock pick, which I don't think is common at all. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this is tough. And here's also the problem. Uh, It's a Jax top, a Trist mid, a uh, Zeri AD carry. There is no AP damage, which requires the Maokai to now go first item AP. And if you're getting shredded even more by Trundle, you're fucking useless. You are just a walking ward bot with your saplings. That's all you can do. And if you fall behind, you don't even do that. You do no damage. And something to slightly add on to, you had mentioned Jax top, Maokai jungle, Tristana mid, Zeri 80 carry, Rakan support. What do all of those champions do? They dash. What yep. did BDS leave open for the mm-hmm. R5 for Broken Blade? Yep. Really Fucking good. Poppy. Poppy was so... Look, God damn, it was go. so this brutal. Is, I Honestly, <laughs> this is the difference between Broken Blade and Adam to an extent. If BDS were in this situation, Adam's not fucking picking Poppy. I feel like he has once, but even then... He's never played Poppy. Really? He Whole has career. never played Poppy in his entire career. All right. Beautiful. What a, but uh, what yeah, a Broken Blade what says, I'm on poppy duty and proceeds <laughs> to say, none of you are doing anything and having fun. And he just shuts down Adam like there's no tomorrow. This G2 looks so good. They are flexible. They understand their win conditions. They're able to then swallow ego when shit goes sideways. After the game, Yike literally says, yeah, uh, that Eve pick was not <laughs> good. My bad. We're never seeing that again. And proceeds to play Trundle. Like, NBD. Let's just go get a dub, guys. That's all I care about. Uh, the entire series was Broken Blade essentially saying, fuck you, Adam. You're my bitch. And then last picking... Poppy, rather than yeah. going, you know, let's some flex. I could totally kick his ass again. And then he could his ass on the Poppy. <laughs> Even kicking his ass, yes. <laughs> the thing I thought was interesting about this game was I, I want to echo Mazel's sentiment in that I found Nuke actually played pretty well. Uh, I think uh, overall, uh, there was a pretty sizable lead for BDS as well in this game, and it looked like we might have been going to a game five. Uh, it just ended up being uh, a couple of things. Uh, 
Um, Duff, you brought up the all AD composition, which I think is a good shout. When you have double AD carry, and especially a champ like Trist, you can kind of get around that. But you do it by not rushing Static Shiv. You want to go Kraken Slayer. Mm-hmm. If you go Kraken Navore, and then you go something like LDR, like Broken Blade could have all the armor in the world. He's going to die very quickly. And also, yep. I mean, BDS, uh, Adam, again, he gives away so much gold and space on the map. Uh, it really hurts me. Hold on, let me think of something positive. Uh, G2 were down like... <laughs> 3,000 gold, and they won a really clutch team fight. Caps' <laughs> poppy is something uh, mm-hmm. to be feared. There we go. Ended positive. I, it, I felt like you actually touched on the trap that BDS fell in in this game, as they felt like they needed Sheo to play a magic damage build. Because if that demonic embrace was something that let him be personally tankier, he might have actually survived fights. And both Maybe. of his 80 carries had Lord Dom's. They could cut through the they tanks yeah. on G2. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter because their front line was dead I think in two they still seconds. had to go it. I think you still have to go it because I do think the saplings in this particular matchup are so necessary. And you've got to kind of put a little bit of hurt into them. Otherwise, in the mid game, your 80 carries are not actually going to do enough to shred. So I don't know. I don't think there's a right out, really a right answer because the BDS comp sucks. It's just not, it's not good. It's not good into what G2 has picked specifically as well. They're always playing from behind. So the fact that they got ahead. Was cool. Yeah. Nuke played well. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. It just wasn't going to be enough unless things went really, really crazy. All right. uh, G2 comes back. They do take it. Uh, They start start winning fight after fight and eventually out macro, out maneuver, out play and BDSM BDS. Yeah. Unfortunately, Badger's not here to appreciate that. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you don't need a laugh. Gentlemen, anything says, else? By the way, beat down. Like it's, Dude, it's not I love yeah, all shouldn't people. Even... You don't get to say that, Kangas, because I am like the only one at NACL who laughs at your jokes. So well, the you fact don't that have you deny that like to that. people, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really messed up. God damn. <laughs> one small thing. It's, it's not Roll wrong. back over him with the bus or what? Uh, I mean, I can. Should we keep going or how much time we got? Do you got? want a steamroller, actually? <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Pickle, say, last one point, small maybe? Thing, Cap's got the payoff to being a small Krug or jungle monster at the end of game four. <laughs> he had been conditioning BDS to think any jungle monster coming in is him. Poppy ults away a large raptor, and when it's walking back, uh, they burn Rakan ulti W to try and CC the raptor. It's just, <laughs> it's just a raptor. <laughs> That's awesome. In their defense, because it was moved so far away from the camp, the raptor is moving at fucking warp yeah. speed. It looks so it really like does look like something's wrong here, man. <laughs> it looks How like he's it, like, just uh, teleported in. When so Nico, when Nico looks like a yeah. raptor, does she show the patience bar? Because I feel like that's the way you could like not. Fall I don't. I don't think believe so. so. But the patience bar wouldn't be there on the I raptor because it's already know. expired and it needs to run back. Yeah. Oh damn, you're right. Actually. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I don't think it shows a patience bar for the reason being that it, there's no camp to yeah, tether yeah, yeah, it yeah. to. Okay. And it's probably coded as a minion anyway. Sense. I mean, so okay. Who knows what's going on? I memed on. on it earlier. The actual reason that you turn into a random ass jungle monster is so you don't show an icon on the mini map. Yeah, that it, plus, it's um, it's not to actually like play any tricks. It's to just be less noticeable. 
Yeah. yeah, plus your alt. Well, okay, when they turn in, when he turns into a pink yes. ward, that was the place. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't, don't take this away but from the, us, the, the turning into, like, Krugs <laughs> is just to make sure you don't show up on the minimap. That's it. Yeah. Plus, when yeah. you alt, uh, they nerfed it because it used to, when you were camoed, it, used to would, fully uh, it wouldn't not show the show channel it. of the alt at all, which was so egregious. Now, you're mm -hmm. only partially camouflaged, but there's still, like, a pretty insane reaction time required for you to like last second be like, oh shit, he's ulting flash. There, there's enough time to flash, and that's about it. Uh, there's a, there's enough time if you're really like if you're telling yourself about it in the moment, where there, it's like, okay, I see a minion, like he he must be ulting right now. I'm hovering the flash key. All right, we have seen mm -hmm. pro players flash Malphite coming out of a bush. what region? What region? In NA. Okay, I'm, they're on zero yes. ping, and these are the best mm. players NA can produce. They can flash it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the nerf okay. made it so they can actually flash out of the yeah, Nico so it's possible, ult, but it still blows their fucking flash <laughs> on a like 40 second <laughs> cooldown hold. Yeah, we saw that in LCS where Berserker just wasn't yeah. able to get out; he couldn't get out fast enough. And we actually saw it uh, in this series a lot as well. There's no way for Crowny to get out of it. Um, let's move on though. We got one more series to cover, and then we can get the hell out of one. here. You just say three yes. words for ready it. for this. XL Odoamne logged off. Rogue Odoamne logged in. The problem is the rest of his team also was playing like the rogue that Odoamne had to drag everywhere. They were really bad. Odoamne kept them in game one for so fucking long yeah, on that yeah. Renekton, and it didn't matter because Mad Lions dominated the rest of the map. Karzi is back, baby. This is the one that we saw at the beginning of the split who looked like he was he was once again mad Karzi, not Vitality Karzi, which we then cosplayed for nine <laughs> straight games. Uh, mad Lions came roaring back into form against a team that almost all of us predicted, no, every single one of us, I believe, except for Mongoose, predicted to win this matchup. I had an XL30. I was so, jokingly, I, I jinx them. This is how it works, guys. Uh, I was so on board XL train and so against Mad Lions after how poor they had looked. I was, I'm shocked at like the switch that was turned here for Mad Lions. All right. I, I will give you Karzy because he played incredibly in game too. Watching the Sivir at like a third of his health get Azir swooped in to two people and win. Keep auto attacking, yeah. baby. Let's go. Never stop. Never stopping. Series, but for the rest of the series, you must have been watching a different series than I was because this was two awful teams smacking each up, each other upside the head, and one of them being listen, man. I'm building them up, and one of them being slightly <laughs> less awful. So they three would Like this was the worst looking three o victor I think I've seen in years. And that's more of an indictment of how bad Excel was one. that they couldn't take a game off of Mad looking this bad. Patrick played very well all three yeah. games. The entire rest of his team, except for Odoamne, did not know what the fuck <laughs> was happening. Abe was atrocious. Peach was invisible. I'm not going to say he was, like, feeding, but he was invisible. He didn't fucking do anything. And limit was limit testing and not doing a good job of it. To, to specify, we talked about game one. Game two, Excel is actually enormously ahead. Yes. Like, very much ahead. I think they have an 8 to 10k. Uh, six and a half. Something like that. 
six and a half K gold lead at about the twenty five thirty two minute mark. Um, six and a half is still usually an insurmountable lead. Yeah, it's massive. It's not enough. Mad Lions won game two at a gold deficit. Let's fucking go. You love to see it. Better ah. team wins. Fuck yeah. Easy Excel team. is showing Mad Lions. Yeah, they, Excel is showing they were good on, I think, that's true. 13 13. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, they had a couple good yeah. games on 13 11 back at, C at summer to, to get into groups and playoffs. 13 13, they look great. And now it's just gone. The what you know what the difference is? And this is different between LCS and LEC. They're playing on different patches because they played their playoffs on whatever patch their playoffs started yep. on, right? Whatever was professionally the allowed patch for that sort of been out for at least a week. LCS, we got to see stuff like the LeBlanc static yep. shift because it still functioned. That's the patch and really the PowerPoint on which Abadage like got his bread. <laughs> That's what actually allowed him to establish this team as a competitive one in summer playoffs. As soon as the patches changed dramatically, because I think it was a three-patch swing between summer playoffs and what we're playing on right wow. now in this particular yeah. season finals. That's it's actually massive. Crazy. It's a huge change. And then it's going to change even more for Worlds. It's just bananas. Yeah. They don't have the LB static shiv crutch that Abe had relied on. It's, it's over. Oh, it's Jover. That's it. <laughs> it's Jover. This, he is not a good enough player individually, but he caught fire with that particular meta, and he cannot play right now at this. Now, I'm saying that now. Things could change next week. He could suddenly have figured everything out now that he realizes what's good on this patch, but they figured it out for one patch, and it's now gone. And I don't know if they can find that again. Odo's still playing great. Patrick playing, I think, very, very well. Peach, no clue, but I think that's largely because Abe is lost as fuck trying to make something. Yes, the roster has changed, but this Excel very much reminds us the fact that Excel was 10th place in spring and winter. Yeah, it's reverting yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's, a, it's reverting. That game, too, is really interesting. Is like, I think the difference maker there is just like you have Sivir with an Enchanter. Which I think was kind of what made the difference in the end because that shuffle from Abadage, you think like, oh my god, that's fight winning, right, guys? Like it's over. But it's then over. You yeah. know, shield from Ivern, spell shield. Usually, um, people don't go Moonstone because that item actually sucks now. But that, like every bit of healing really helped in this fight. I think that ends up being uh, the kind of difference maker. And yeah, I mean, this is just kind of to my earlier point overall too, where I mean, we have Golden Guardians who fell, um, kind of fell apart. In the end of playoffs ended up being our fourth seed for NA, but I'm 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 pretty sure they're just gonna beat whoever ends up coming through here because these two teams. If you if anybody hasn't, go watch the voice com highlights that came out from the LEC. They play the Mad Lions oh, from voice this? comms. Okay, from I, I when uh yes. Karzy gets switched it's in. Fun as it's hell. literally just Karzy and Hilly swearing like, oh fuck, oh shit, oh yes. fuck. <laughs> It's like it's so over. We're the cons so are so funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the whole clip They're is so just fun. bleep 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 bleep. It's so oh, good. Oh beep. Oh beep. Oh beep. Oh beep. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Game three, Mad Lions versus Excel. Very different look from Mad Lions. We see a poke Varus, and I it's really loved good. it. 
I was hoping for that as soon as I saw the draft. He plays it exceptionally well in this particular draft. They kill it. Um, hey, once again, what's back? Jungle Poppy, baby. Jungle Poppy stopping the Nar engage, the Lee Sin hop, the Azir shuffle, the ultimate even from Patrick on Kaisa, and Rel's engage. Just insane value. And something else. Thing- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Go for a beat. Um, no, the thing beat. also that uh, I saw that I don't think I've seen anywhere uh, this year uh, is the Camille from Chasey, which I really liked. It's the historic so like counter to Nar. You wait till he's mini. You have a jungler like Elioia is playing Poppy, so it's just like the easiest dive early on to set Odo Omne behind. And I like it in the context of this draft too because you have a lot of short range carries. Kaisa, I. You can't use your alt when you're in that Hextech ultimatum. So I thought that was a, a really mm-hmm. nice draft of Matt overall. Even if there are champs and builds we don't see uh, very much of often, it was clearly very well thought out and well executed. Yeah, this is the only game, by the way, Chasey has had in like three months where he looked <laughs> human. Yeah, I mean... And he looked really good on the yeah. Camille. He played it very, very this well. This is also the patch that Camille just got buffed with uh, a bit more mm-hmm. scaling AD, and also she gets more uh, bonus Power magic damage that. on her Hextech ultimatum. So she just yeah. got buffed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's strong. You're going to have to... You can't blind pick Nar anymore. I think we've already seen that with what occurred in the LCS, and I think we're seeing it even more now here. I, I'm wondering if Eastern teams can still pilot it once we get to the Worlds patch, um, but I would be a little surprised at this moment, given the current meta... So long as it doesn't change much, which it will by the time Worlds rolls around, I just don't think we're going to see NAR. And that is a major problem for particular teams. Cough, cough, NAR is actually getting some buffs on the patch that's coming out. <laughs> yes, yeah. This, made, this, this series oh, made me sick, actually. Um, all right. Is there anything else to talk about in this matchup? Can I, we be done? I think, I think Let's that's be it. done. <laughs> Please. Okay. Mazel, I know you have really strong opinions about this series. Do you want to talk about it anymore? <laughs> no, nah, I think you guys covered it pretty well. I, I think we're, I'm oh interested to see what happens in the next round. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens because uh, now G2 once again and Mad Lions, the winners of these series, have locked in top three. They can't fall below third. Uh, they're in the kind of winner's semifinal. Loser will drop into loser's finals. Winners will win and await everyone in the winner's final, which will determine the one and two seed from the LEC. So next week, we actually have two completely different teams now taking the stage. XL drops down to the lower bracket to face Fnatic. BDS will square off against SK. Loser here goes home for good. The winners, though, secure themselves at least fourth seed and the chance to play for a spot at Worlds in Korea, in just a few short, actually not too short, weeks. And we're still in the LEC studio. We're still in the LEC studio. We will not go to Montpellier until two weeks weeks from now, now, I think. Two weeks from now. Actually, it might even be longer Uh, if I'm thinking right. Because it's just the finals weekend, right? And this is loser's final. No, No, this is loser's third. Yes, it's not until three... Basically, there are only two games in Montpellier, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe that's it's correct. The it's the Losers Finals and Losers then Finals and Winners Finals. Yeah, finals weekend. So basically, we're not there yep. until September 9th. 
I this love this so much. So what bad. a great scheduling. Just is that is that a ten thing? out of ten? Is that a Keep topic it up, guys. We can partake in. Um, I think we should let's wax eloquent about it after this week. We could talk more. Uh, we're going to talk about it probably next we week. We will continue we, uh, we to talk LEC about to cover. it for a while because it's bad. Yes. Because Real. this is also potentially the format everyone is no, shifting to no, next year. No, surely potentially There is a three, strong potentially rumor three that... three international tournaments starting next year, everyone may be shifting to oh. three splits. We may end up with shenanigans Wait, okay. like if, this. If it's three international tournaments... I actually think it makes the three-split mm-hmm. format now, interesting, less right? egregious. Because my issue was always that with three splits and two internationals, you have this problem where What's the point? someone who qualifies in winter shouldn't qualify for MSI because of recency and how patches work. This meta could be terrible for them, and it ends up usually being pretty bad. But also, if that doesn't happen, then you have an entire split that doesn't fucking matter. So if there's three international tournaments, I just like that, I'm on board. Let me, let's see what happens. Yeah, there they dragged they you back in. See, but this yeah, is all speculation. We don't know for sure. Fix it so summer winner just goes to worlds uh, and the, have the regional qualifier for the, the fact that G two had to win this past weekend to actually qualify for worlds after winning two of the three splits, including summer, is just bad. But yeah, now we get a Excel versus Fanatic and BDS versus SK, which two of these teams check. are going to be somewhat representing internationally. I did check. We have them backwards mm-hmm. in the order in our doc. Uh, BDS SK is Saturday's game, oh. and XL Fanatic is Sunday's game. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> oh, good call. And specifically, as a reminder, 9 a.m. start time. So this is different than this past weekend. For whatever fucking reason, which was 7 a.m. PST, which was an hour earlier than normal, now we're an hour it, later it than normal. makes no sense. I don't, I don't know fucking understand it. Just I hate it. Yeah, I, I have to assume they're changing stuff for Valorant, but I, I don't think know. This past weekend, <laughs> so I have this no clue. This past weekend, I think it was specifically because of the LCS finals. I don't know though. They were so, earlier. So than the sure LCS not finals. Overlap. overlap. Oh, they end early. Okay, that that actually does make sense. Oh, I guess it is a one p.m. PST start time, so it was a five. Yeah, six mm-hmm. hours. Okay, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'll allow it. Still stupid. All right, BDS versus SK. Um, we haven't seen these teams once again in weeks, several patches ago. Kind of flip a coin on this, and that's kind of what we've done. BDS is the choice for myself. For Badger, we have it a full five-game series. In fact, everyone has a five-game series except for two. Mazelle has an SK 3-1. Kangas has somehow BDSK going 3-3. Three yep. and three. Um, Not super <laughs> sure what's going on there, so whoever wins... Kangas will lose the points. Uh, well, I'm going to claim victory. Just to clarify. Hold. Whoever and, wins... Okay, you could try. And People's Republic of uh, North Korea or something ha! like that. I don't People's know. People's Republic works. of my room at the Castro Cabana. Duffy. There we go. That's fair. Lie from your own Whoever bed. wins this, it. we all lose. We'd all lose. That's true. Because whoever wins this will be going at least as fourth seed to Worlds. Beatdown, you, I'm right, going to put you on the spot right now. What is your prediction this series? BDS versus SK. Uh, SK three zero. Let's go. I love it. Do you have anything to back that up? BDS are very. Is it bad. just fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sir. In fact, I just realized I watched <laughs> them play, and I'm going to swap <laughs> to an SK three one. Yeah, <laughs> let's I, go. Yeah, I forgot I that I just admit, watched. Them. I watched the. <laughs> Um, the G2 BDS series earlier today, and I don't know, I was just not impressed with BDS really at any capacity, mm. and again, like, their one win came from Evelyn. 
Everybody just you know, take mm-hmm. a second and think about the name I just uttered. Evelyn. It's mm-hmm. Irrelevant yeah. is going to render Adam mm-hmm. irrelevant. Oh, and the rest of BDS is just straight up worse than SK's roster. May, I'll, I'll, I'll take an exception. Sure. Crowny is Exekick's equal. I think it's better. But fair enough. Understandable. I got 3-1 now. Oh. Um, so I just swapped. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Mazel. XL versus Fnatic. Um, I don't know if you want to defend your Fnatic 3-0. You Ain't are nothing not to defend, baby! It's going to be the Fnatic's just mm-hmm. too good. You, Bickle, and Jax. Yep. That's it? Anything else? Nope. Did, did you watch Excel's play? No, I don't think it ain't else. Nope. In, in Mad vs. Excel. I'm just a Fnatic fan <laughs> from back in the day, so you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't give a shit. I just was offended at how bad Excel looked, and I don't want to see that Excel play Golden Guardians, well, so I had to predict right Fnatic stomping them. Damn. Okay. I'm sticking with Excel 3-2. Uh, I think Fnatic is now going to get a little too much hype. I think they're going to drink their own Kool-Aid. And I have not been overall impressed with the Fnatic has actually put on the Rift, except for the last split. And I'm not sure if that was meta-dependent. And I'm so, worried it was. The one thing I will say, I do have Fnatic 3-0, but Odo Wamne is going to put Oscar into the fucking ground. But we've seen when Excel Patrick. played against played against Mad Lions, it didn't matter that Odo put people into the ground because the rest yeah. of Excel looks atrocious. And I think and Noah yeah, Trimby is going to demolish them. <laughs> Ooh. Damn. Okay. All right, Beatdown, what do you think? I'm like between 3-0 and 3-1, but um, I'm still leading Fnatic. It's definitely... Less of me saying Fnatic or, you know, the goats and more that, I don't know, XL are just not excelling right now. I think uh, individually, with the exception of Odo, I think Fnatic players are better. And I think that's what, uh, what it's going to come down to. I want to give a shout out to Nightshare on the uh, Fnatic coaching roster. No reason, just because. Okay, all right. I wanted. I was hoping you would elaborate a little bit. You just... Is it the name? Uh, is I it... just really liked uh, what he was able to do when he was in an A. And I'm very yeah. interested in what he's able to do here uh, when he's in LCS. But more particularly in, in like a do-or-die situation, if they're able to find anything through the coaching staff to really help the team. Oh, yeah. All right. Gentlemen, I think we did it. I think we're done, oh, right? we're done? We could just be done. We're done. Yeah, Mazel, you're almost free. You ready? No. Kangas, I need you to give me something that comes in, like, fives. <laughs> what? If Anything. you, uh, everybody listening right now, happening? on your podcast of choice, could leave a review plus one mm-hmm. to the number of playable uh, co-players in Baldur's Gate 3 that you can have in one campaign. Let's go. I believe that's four Let's plus go. one. You can do the math. Leave that many stars yes. on your review for the podcast. Greatly appreciated, because uh, I'm assuming that's mm-hmm. probably what me and Duffy are going to try and get going um, shortly after this podcast episode. Runs. I'm in that too. <laughs> yep, I'm making food and we're going to do that. Um, also, just give a big thumbs up, which is what I give to Shadowheart every playthrough, uh, no matter what. Um, if you can't give five stars, we appreciate it. Hey, Beatdown, thanks again for coming on. 
once again, for everyone who's listening, where can they find you? What are your socials, et cetera? And do you have anything in particular coming up that you want to plug? Or are you just enjoying a nice um, Yeah, really. Thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun uh, just chatting with you guys and talking Good. about League Pro League of Legends, I should say. Uh, again, I beat down Cass on all socials. I mostly only post on Twitter and occasionally on Instagram, which reminds me I need to post my finals pictures anyways. Uh, not a whole lot Perfect. coming up as long as I don't test positive for COVID in the next couple of days. I'm doing a CODcast <laughs> on Saturday for uh, the Bell Esports Challenge. We're doing the uh, Challengers League promotional ter- uh, promotion tournament in a couple of weeks. Uh, Mazel and for Kangas Call of Duty, right? Too. When you say oh, yeah, for Call of oh, Duty. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, no, no. This no. is really good. We're not a fishing competition. Come on, bro. Okay, okay, that was That's sorry. So Stick I with the you, program. I thought it was tied into the program. I thought it was big fast hunting. What I'm doing in a couple of weeks, but after that, right, cool. fast pro shop, enjoying right? Enjoying <laughs> a nice chill off season. Yeah, yeah. We're actually promoting uh, the players into NACL by playing Call of Duty. That that's how did you, like, oh, dude, you spoiled the surprise. Yeah, the script. Uh, it, so, it's yeah, a best of seven, but it's using all only Riot products. You have to play Valorant. You have to play TFT. There's the triathlon of Riot. You literally. Mm-hmm. And bl- and it's a quadrathlon, somehow. right? <laughs> yeah, we're just <laughs> chucking it all in there. Um, all right, gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Once again, listeners, thank you so much. Patrons, huge shout out to y'all. Uh, we love y'all, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.